0: Welcome to the Something Something Experience podcast episode 58. I'm Michael John Simpson. Kitty Brown is off this week. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash something2xp. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. If you sign up for the free trial using the URL audibletrial.com slash something2xp, it won't cost you anything extra and they'll give us a little something in return. Help us out, won't you? Our guest is actor comedian, star of the Thundermans on Nickelodeon, and frequent guest on comedy podcast Super Ego, Chris Tallman. Chris and I met at LA PodFest in September, struck up a conversation about star-studded 70s TV, et voila! Now he's on something to XP. Chris and I chatted about comedy, Super Ego, TV, Doctor Who, comics, improv toys, and of course, Hervé Villechaize. Smiles everyone, smiles. Here's episode fifty eight of the something, something experience.
1: If you use one, just one mic for
0: everybody, yeah. It's it's you know, it's actually surprisingly this this mic is only fifty bucks, but surprisingly Mm -hmm. a blue snowball you know when you're in a little situation like this i've had like four or five people together and it picks up everybody really well is it well. just this direction or is it a unit it's kind of a unidirectional but i mean i just kind of put it across so the voices just kind of go across the front of it so right it and the acoustics
1: really are here like it doesn't sound crazy echoey or something well like that.
0: it's yeah recording studio i think the 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 wall material i think is some kind of an acoustic yeah, this is, like, carpet-coated, car- mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, punch card, cardboard, whatever. I
1: just saw a commercial for, like, a Lifetime. Well, you know, because Lifetime is doing, like, a million Christmas movies. Oh, yeah, of course. And the commercial was, like, it was just, you know, the romantic girl talking to the romantic boy. But you could tell, like, they used, like, a boom as opposed to... A oh, yeah, like- yeah. Because the room they were in... Like, she was talking, and it sounded like they were in, like, a giant chamber. I was like, oh, wow. oh, that's not good. All you're doing is listening to, like, oh, yeah, that's a big ballroom.
0: Yeah, yeah exactly. That's all that is. Exactly. I'm not listening to what you're saying. There's a podcast I listen to. Um,
1: so you record onto an iPad? Yeah, I got
0: an iPad, and I've got a little uh, a little um, uh, adapter here that, uh-huh. that I bought. It was, like, an adapter kit. So the iPad I already had, and I had the keyboard for it. Okay, um, and the, this is a better jack than a headphone jack for this kind. Of, is that because of the information um, the sound quality? I don't know. It's just because I bought a I bought a USB mic. It's got it because of what I had. So I bought a USB adapter for the iPad that allows you to plug a USB device in. You can also put up hook up like a storage, you know, uh, drive, drive, right. or you know, other things like that. There's also one that has one for. It also comes with another adapter that has an SD card slot in it too, so you could do that too. This this kit is thirty bucks. That's great, and I think they make the newer with the newer iPads with the newer interface, the, mm-hmm. the Lightning inter- or whatever the the, the yeah. that other one. They make them they make kits for that interface too. I think the next level is going to be there's going to be like a Wi-Fi here. Oh sure, here. exactly. That's exactly. going to be the so like a little battery part. operator or you plug it into the wall and it just broadcasts or or Wi-Fi or Bluetooth right into the thing. Yeah, because you can do Bluetooth microphones too. And then this program I have is called Boss Jock Studios, ten dollars on the Apple Store, mm-hmm. and it's specifically for podcasting. It's a podcasting app. Wow. That's where we're at now. Right. So each one of these little things that says empty, these little boxes, those are cart slots. You can put a sound, a video, or whatever into there, and it, and you, and once you press that, it'll play it on cue. Like if you have a bump or if you have a, you know, a sound or. Oh
1: my gosh.
0: Right, right. So this is basically like a little recording studio, mini recording studio. And then I wouldn't
1: you, even think of that, but right, uh, but yeah,
0: depending on your show, sure, depending on your show. I mean, mine's just a basic com- uh, conversation, right. you know, just kind of open ended, and I put right. in do production after the fact, you know, throwing on the the music bed and the intro which and, the, and the
1: outro really bumps up over every other one. That's where it's just conversation, which is. I'm right. So used to right, right. Have you ever listened to like Dana Gould's podcast? I
0: love Dana Gould Hour. Oh my god, it's so well produced, oh, it's so great. The content's great. He's got all mm-hmm. that old kind of classic mm-hmm. sci-fi and horror mm-hmm. sound stuff, and then the little jazz.
1: Yeah, and that's all Andy Tate. Like that's all so great, propriety That's yeah stuff. And I recognize a lot of it from well, then all the SpongeBob,
0: right, and then all the old movie stuff that he's got in there too. And well, you know, because because Dana's such a such an old horror movie cult genre film guy. I mean, the guy. I was best friends with uh, My- Myra Lermy for Christ's sake. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean that Dana Gould has been a hero of mine for a very long time since his like stand-up San yeah. Francisco days and Boston and all that. Are you from um, San Francisco? No, no, no. I'm I'm from Colorado. Okay, uh, um, but I was. One of those twenty-something guys obsessively watching Comedy Central in yeah, the '90s, sitting too. on the couch watching everybody do everything, just absorbed in stand what what Hardwick calls a comedy nerd, yeah, and just obsessed with stand-up through the comedy boom, watching everything I could on network TV because my parents didn't have cable. And then when I eventually moved out, watching Comedy Central when mm-hmm. it was the Comedy Channel, and, and everything was just stand-up, 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 stand-up. Uh, and I loved that. I lived and, in New York right when. uh like I moved to New York in
1: the early 90s mm-hmm. and I would, got into a sketch show with this lady uh, and she was like, "I, you know, like she had moved here from San Francisco and she said, oh, my husband's doing this thing for Comedy Central. It turns out she was married to Mark Marin. Bam. When he was hosting wow. the. What is it? The. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, I can't remember he, the name. It, the, it, was, it was the, the basement
1: archives yes. of Comedy
0: Sunday. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, short yes, Attention yes. Span Theater. Yeah, short attention span theater, right, right, right. So at
1: some point or another, he came to.
0: And then Wally Collins was doing a yes. stand up stand up. Yes. And then you had, like, Rachel Wilde <laughs> doing um, her show. Well, they had these, like, segment, segmented shows. Right. Where it was all stand up clips, but it was with a different host. Right. Doing their thing. Who was the, who was the guy? Tommy Sledge, who did the the, the New York the yeah. gumshoe 40s gumshoe bit, oh he was doing God. the Harry Anderson 40s gumshoe bit, and God. and he'd smoke cigarettes and have his you know his coat over his jacket over his over his shoulder, and you know uh, the hard you know the yeah. bitten gumshoe. And here's another comedy clip for How you. How do you remember that? Oh I re- God, I, I, I told you I watched it obsessively. Uh, it's as you're saying it, you're activating old yeah. parts of my brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then they used God. to show like supercar and and all the old Jerry Anderson shows. Mm-hmm. Love stuff. Stuff. That's amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you grew up in uh, in Wisconsin. I grew up in Wisconsin. No, what part of it is Wisconsin? Madison. Madison, Wisconsin. Wisconsin, Madison. I
1: grew up there. Went to college there, mm-hmm. and then uh, I was in an improv group called Comedy Sports, which is actually a national yeah. chain. Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. There was a Comedy Sports in Denver. Yeah, and I'm kicking myself every day for not having gotten into that. Oh, uh, it's. I mean, it's. It was for me. It was fundamental because because the word sports turned me off. I oh, thought, I thought it was me too. Sports comedy. Yeah, no. I didn't know it was just improv. Yeah, I
1: feel like that's no, always there been a There was nobody
0: up. in Denver who told me. My whole thing was Denver let you down. I wanted to do stand up. I've been wanting to do a stand up since I was since I memorized a uh, wild and crazy guy at age seven. Okay, I've been wanting to do that my whole life. That's right, what that was my my dream job, and I'm doing open mics or whatever. But right. I did a one stand up. I did a, a, a MC gig at my community college, opening up for, for a local, couple local comedians and that oh. kind of thing. Um, but at the time I was married uh, and and she told me you know she was like the negative voice of everybody oh. which is like you're never gonna go anywhere with it there's too much competition there's you know how are you gonna do that oh blah, my blah blah God. and even after moving to California she's like there's so many people and everybody's got that story they moved here to become famous and I'm like And I just didn't do it. So I just, that negative voice just pervaded everything. So So I wasted 20 years of my life not being able to, had somebody, one person, one person had told, had had one person told me back in
2: 1990,
0: Mm -hmm. 91, hey kid, you got to suck for a while. Just go do it. For 10 go years. do open mics yeah. and suck. You eventually you'll be good. Eventually you will be a working comedian, right? Because you can do it mm-hmm. and people can do it, but it's a matter of just doing it. And and I never did it. But you
1: know the I mean I understand that that regret, but at the same time I feel like there is something to be said for. I mean you. What you're saying reminds me of like my mom. My mom. Was a social worker And then she basically stopped to raise us And then by the time we were sort of old enough Mm -hmm. Then she went back to school And she became a lawyer And you know she was A good 20 years older than everybody else But because you have That wisdom and just that life Experience Mm -hmm, behind mm -hmm, you Like, she never missed a class. Right. She got straight A's. And exactly. she got hired out of law school straight right. into She became a city right, prosecutor. Right, right. There's something about, like, true, co- true, keeping that and, coil and, tight.
0: And me doing open mics. And I, for a while, I'm saying I'm doing stand-up. But I'm doing open mics. Because this is a big, big wall. Yeah. In. But I'm doing open mics. I'm keeping it very, very realistic. And it's like, I'm still keeping my day job. I'm still doing my thing. I'm not going to do any wild, impulsive, quit my job to go do this thing. Mm. I'm keeping it. And I am also have, now have the benefit of podcasts listening to comedians talk about the process yes. and about you have to suck and you have to bomb and you have to work through this process. I have that benefit of voices of experience and being able to hear that kind of inside track mm-hmm. of what people go through. I can apply that ahead of the curve and not get discouraged and not feel down and not hate myself and not quit. So, I mean, lately I've been not doing it because of time constraints. Right. Not because of, oh, I'm a... Fr- I'm, it's not the wall of fear thing is going. Right. On. So,
1: yeah, no, I think tenacity is as important as talent well Mm -hmm. you kind of realize the more once you start working and kind of feeling like oh okay so i am now a part of whatever you want to call it showbiz or just comedy or whatever once you start realizing is that talent has about is about 20 Mm percent of the
0: and the rest is just keep on
1: doing it oh my god i the show i work on right now um, this isn't a criticism. This is this is just a description of how it is right now. Mm-hmm. The show I work on right now, the way the casting works is the casting sees, you know, however many people for a role. Like, let's say, I'm guessing a number completely at random. Let's say they see a 100 people for a role. That might be high, that might be low. I don't know. Let's say they see 100 people for a role. Casting then picks, like, their top four or five favorites. And then because of the age we live in with technology, they then upload those videos to a, you know, private casting server and send an email to the EPs who are on set with us filming. Wow. So while their eyes are on the the screen watching what's being filmed, their phones beep and I can
0: see like they'll put in an earbud. And they're watching somebody's real video or yeah. or, or audition video yeah. for, for bringing them on.
1: Yeah. And so you kind of have to remember like now when you're auditioning, your performance is on, you know, how, phone or your whatever. phone and again, it's not a criticism. That is because they don't have time to stop and walk back to the office. They
0: don't have time to be in the session. They don't have the time to take a whole day out or week out to audition a hundred people.
1: Right. So you have to remember, like now, getting cast and the way it works is like they'll watch the one, they'll swipe to the next one, they'll swipe to the next one, they'll swipe to the next one, and again, while a scene is being shot, they'll turn into and they go number three. Uh, yeah, number three, okay. and that's it. Right. That's a so you being the best one. Is part of it, right? But it's also
0: it's a numbers game.
1: Did they frame you up right, right. big yeah, enough? Right. Like, were oh, you in yeah, close yeah, up? Yeah, was yeah. the other per, was the other person?
0: Um, so you're at the you're at the you're at the mercy of technology, and you're at the mercy of of whoever just happened to be there at the time.
1: At the time, but also it you kind of re- again I'm I'm speaking from the advantage of having been on the other side of it. You also ha- realize that it has a lot to do with. Did my interpretation from, like, just in terms of, like, an acting thing, did my guess as to what I think the character's like, did that more or less line up with what they want? What they're looking for. Every once in a while, somebody goes completely opposite and it punches through and they go, I never thought of it like that. That's great. Right. But most of the time, it's like, oh, I think he's kind of a big Ophie guy. This is the producer thinking. Mm -hmm. And so if I, looking kind of like a big Ophie guy, walk into the room... That's one right thing checked you've, off you've the. You played box. a lot of
0: bodyguards and a lot of you know yeah like I played heavies and
1: cops dumb brothers. Interestingly, I have a very weird repeating uh kind of role where I am hurt on medical shows. It's <laughs> How,
0: the, you are on House, right? Exactly. I'm yeah. on House.
1: I'm on <laughs> ER and Miami <laughs> Medical, and they were all within a couple of years of each other. I looked at
0: your IMDb today. Oh so, good. yeah. Uh, Truth be told, my first real awareness of who you were. Was you phoning in to Super Ego? Oh, yeah. on Nerdist doing her yeah. doing her
1: Oh yeah, that was for for the James Bonding. That's right with Greg, for James Bonding, with with Greg right? Greg sorry, Doug. it wasn't Nerdist. Oh yeah, it was that's James right. Bonding,
0: right? right. Oh but, yeah, because yeah. I I have to tell you, I, I I've downloaded and purchased the entire Super Ego oh, run because it's so it's good. masterful stuff. It's yeah. so good. It's and it's. It's so very different from other improv stuff that I've heard and improv sketch stuff that I've heard. There's something so very unique about it. Well, that's there- another
1: one where again the editing, the the, the post, oh, yeah, 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 plays such an important part. Oh, sure, of it. sure, sure. Because like when we're recording this. Well so, oh, I'm sure you
0: guys record like two hours of stuff and whittle it down to a five minute sketch.
1: I think it I think now that they've been doing it for a while. I think probably they now, they now I think the they thing. have an an internal thing. I don't know this as well as obviously they would. Right. I think it's something along the lines of if after 10 minutes, something just isn't clicking... They move on to the next thing. Well, they'll I think they'll make a decision. They'll either say, is there a way we can repurpose this? Or uh, are we going off tangent, or should we just can. abandon? Gotcha. Because there have been a couple of things we've recorded that just never made oh, it on. I'm sure, I'm sure. Um But yeah, I mean, they will. And then for ones that are big sketches, they will record... I, would, I mean, Matt and Mark are the ones who do the editing. Yeah, yeah. But I would imagine they record at least an hour's worth and they you know they whittle those things down to 5 minutes 6 yeah. minutes 10 yeah i Usually, think, sometimes
0: even 2 or 3
1: i think they said the longest one they've done was the most recent legion of doom <laughs> and they cut it down i don't know it was like 12 or 13
0: yes kryptonite girl oh those are
1: my favorite <laughs> ones to do cuz as a
0: nerd yes oh uh, yeah that's the thing too is is the nerd factor with super ego it's it's it they you guys are all, we're all the same age. We're all in the right. in the 40s. Right. And, and and so we were all around at the um, beginning of the MTV mm-hmm. thing. And around. Cable. Around for cable. Around for the beginning of cable. Around for the first blockbusters in the 70s. Mm. Blockbuster movies. And around that thing. And we all have herded, hurt nerd stories. Oh, yeah. Of, of being bullied or whatever. You know, the D&D thing or the, you know. Yeah. Getting punched by jocks. We all have that thing, and there, and that resonates now through all of that stuff. Oh, it's weird. We're the kings of the world. It's the, so odd. The televangelist stuff. I mean, when we, <laughs> when we were kids, when we were kids, and I'm, and I'm, I'm speaking for as a Gen Xer, right? We would watch anything. Mm-hmm. Because that was all there was. Maybe we had an Atari. Yeah. Maybe we'd go to the movies. A cool maybe, kid had the Gleico Vision. Right. But maybe... We, right, right. Or a Genesis or whatever. But right. maybe we would go to the 50 cent movie, you know, the, right. the, the dollar movies or whatever. But for the most part, we were just watching absolutely everything we could on TV or we were outside playing on our with our bikes. Right. One or the other. Oh, yeah. And so we would watch... We'd be up late at night after our parents went to bed on a Saturday just watching the craziest shit, infomercials and mm-hmm. televangelists. And, Consuming and it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, so we have this, plus, in the late 70s, after school, before they started doing cartoons in the afternoons, right. we watched old sitcoms from the 50s and 60s. Andy Griffith and My Three Brady Sons Bunch. And Brady Bunch. And, that was the yeah, Superstation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We watched all of that stuff before... There was afternoon programming directly for us, so we consumed a lot of our parents' mm-hmm. t- uh, teenage, you know, childhood TV: Right. Lone Ranger and you know, and Monsters, and Monsters Adam's yes, Family. Adams, I that. dream of Genie. We watched so much stuff. In that, we were that one generation who, because they hadn't quite hit on the whole teenage thing for our generation yet, yeah. You know, the Saturday morning cartoons we watched were all made in the 60s. It wasn't until Sid and Marty Croft started doing new stuff in the mid-70s, mid mid to late-70s. We were watching all that old recycled stuff. So we had this insight into our parents' pop culture that other generations before and and after don't have. And I don't
1: know, I mean, this is probably a grand sweeping statement, but I don't even know that necessarily our parents... Quite consumed, watch TV the same way we no, did because no, 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 because we were there before the explosion of stuff. I feel like you know I'm sure my like my sister loved Brady Bunch growing up. Yes. I'm sure she knows that show way better. Oh, yeah. than my mom or sure, my dad. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, and and the same thing for like. Uh, my stepfather was really into Star Trek, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that was sort of immediately part of the household. Right, right, right.
0: But, like, I feel and like... I found that on my own. Did you? But then I also found, like, Doctor Who and PBS stuff. Monty Python, Doctor Who, all that. That's an explosion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I first saw Monty
1: Python because I was... It, like PBS would air Doctor Who in Wisconsin, like, on, I think, like, Saturday nights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember one particular night, Doctor Who ended, and I remember... Just kind of wishing, like, ah, oh, maybe they'll show another one. You remember, like, when TV, yeah, like, there yeah, was no yeah. guide. No, he was no. You were just kind of like, no. oh, let's maybe. see, let's stick around. And then this particular night, they aired Monty remember, Python. Remember TBA on the a, on a section? Oh, of the yeah. TV
0: guide. You know, oh TV yeah. TV announced. We don't know what's going to be playing. It'll be something there. So, I mean, hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. hopefully you want yeah. This or movie. it'll be.
2: Yeah. Yes. Sign da, da, off. Da,
0: da, da, da. Uh, I remember the first time
1: <laughs> seeing Monty Python and going. What? Holy
2: cow. What is
1: this? Because it was obviously super absurd. And I think the the one episode like there was like a naked lady running through. Yes, yes, yes. yes. I remember
0: just being like probably the Scott of the Antarctic episode. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Carol, it's Carol Carol uh Carol Cleveland. Oh loved her. Yeah.
1: I remember just seeing them going like there's a naked lady and checking like I remember turning the channel and going like this is PBS. This is PBS. This oh, is you can
0: see nudity on PBS. We watched I, Claudius. We watched... Oh, uh, yeah. I didn't do any of that. Oh, I, Claudius, man. All I love I, Claudius, was, but I didn't was, watch it, was, it was, as a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Derek Jacobi and and but there were naked ladies in it all over. Because the orgy scenes, they actually showed naked oh, people. Because it was British TV. I, Claudius. If you haven't watched I, Claudius, you've you got to watch I, Claudius. Oh, yeah. it's
1: so good. It's so good. He's it's good. amazing. Helen Mirren and and just oh, so Isn't, many... And Brian Blessed, is Brian it? Brian Blessed. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you like... All those great British... Isn't Patrick Stewart in there, too? I think so, yeah, yeah. I mean,
2: it's I think, Murderer's
1: Row. Yeah, I think uh, everybody's in there. So good. Uh, yeah, I feel like that part of growing up, and that sort of made me go, oh, because I liked Saturday Night Live. I, my parents, like... Oh, it, I was obsessed. But but finding out there was another comedy thing besides Saturday Night Live, and I feel like Monty Python's humor was, again, shot on film,
0: uh... No. Or that that dual thing of in the yes. video in the studio and film out because they could, they didn't have a video camera they could take with them remotely until the eighties.
1: Yeah, and and a smaller troupe, and also right. just the type of the humor, mm-hmm. the absurd, mm-hmm. the non sequiturs, mm-hmm. and just hard cuts. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes when sketches would connect to each right. other, the
0: links, and the Terry Gilliam kind of sewing a a, a silver oh the cartoons th- silver thread through everything to link sketches. Oh. and that's the thing about Monty Python they ne- they rarely ended anything. Usually it was a stream of consciousness mm-hmm. it would just float to the next thing have you watched the new mr. show at all i haven't the 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 with bob and david yeah that's on my as soon as we're done with jessica jones that's the next oh, thing oh have you finished jessica jones i'm uh episode 11 so 12 we got oh, two episodes left now I'm you're right. in the roller coaster right, right 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 yeah
1: a friend of mine said to me that show's blowing my mind he's speaking of english david oh, yeah. Tennant. David
0: Tennant it's outstanding holy cat outstanding great actor great did part did you see um did you see Broadchurch? yes oh Outstanding, and then he was in the the American Canadian Canadian one too. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. unbelievable. And Nick Nolte.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. David, (laughs) what are (laughs) you doing? (laughs) Touching those
0: boys?
1: Oh my god!
0: (laughs) I got a sandwich in my pocket.
1: I watch him do anything. He
0: should be the next Doctor Who.
1: That would be awesome. It would last three episodes, <laughs> but those three episodes. But see, I hope
0: Capaldi does ten years. I hope he beats Tom Baker's record. I, like I think him. he's amazing. Apparently, it's not doing well. Uh, well, it's because all the teenage girls stop watching. Because oh, he, because he's old. Yeah. All I the Matt get, Smith fans, all the teenage girls stopped watching. I That's the that. only reason. That's uh, the people who originally watched Doctor Who are still watching Doctor Who. Oh yeah. I with like The People him. who started with Eccleston and start and then went on to Tenet and was like what, what Tenet? Oh, Tenet. Uh-huh. And then and then Matt Smith, like, bad. Oh, Matt Smith, okay, we'll get through this until the next one comes on. You know, and we you know, we slogged through Matt Smith mm-hmm. and now we got Capaldi. Oh, you like Matt Smith? I liked him. No, no, I didn't I didn't hate him. I did but I I understand I felt for a, a time that Doctor Who wasn't being written for us. It yes. was being written for a certain segment. I of I see fan that. Base. Okay. It was being written for for a certain mm-hmm. segment of the fan base. I got a little more fantasy stuff in there. There was always like a little hint of romantic stuff right. in there. But
1: I like the idea that still this old soul, yeah, all of a sudden this young man's. Yeah, body. it was all sudden like. Which activated kind of that young teenagey part of him. That's kind of how I sure, sure,
0: and and I think he did a brilliant job. He's a brilliant actor. He did it great. It's just the scripts weren't that great. The scripts, the science, the science fiction, the 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 paradoxes didn't make sense, and a lot of that stuff just kind of. Whereas with under Davis under Russell Davis. Moffat was a better writer under yes. Russell Davis well, because he got the, there was always this this thing of no, everything has to make sense mm. and it has to relate back to solid human emotion. But Stephen Stephen or uh, Stephen Moffat wrote uh, *Coupling*, and that show a lot of times didn't make a lot of sense oh, because okay. it was like hyper emotional and not not necessarily hyper logical because he was always writing. The woman is being a little bit paranoid and kind of off and stuff because that show is basically about him and his fiance meeting and falling okay. in love. So, but so Moffat can be brilliant and mm-hmm. like sparkling crystal clear brilliant. I think like, when
1: he gets to focus on like
0: scripts. Blink or like mm-hmm. Silence in the Library, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But then you know he created River Song, but but then on his own as a showrunner does that He doesn't... Well, he doesn't... I feel like he's at his best, because all the episodes
1: of his that I love the most are the ones that are the most divergent from what the traditional show sure, is. Sure, sure, Like, sure. you know, like like Blink, like, that came That's out... That's all about
0: Sally Sparrow. Yeah,
1: and that came out of the fact that they had the, their shooting schedule. They have to shoot episodes simultaneously, and so they're in the writer's room going, okay, so we need to do an episode of Doctor Who that doesn't feature Doctor Who... And given that completely technical problem, his brain comes up with this, comes up with weeping. All
0: this stuff. Outstanding. Yeah. And it's just, it's one of the best Doctor Who monsters. It's one of the best one-off characters, Sally Sparrow. Oh. And, and it's it's one of the best narratives. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. And Doctor and, Who's great in that episode when yes, he pops in. Yes. And it's such a great... um Introduction for the uninitiated yeah. into Doctor Who because you're following Sally Sparrow's journey. We just talked about this last week with Patrick okay. Duncan that you're following Sally Sparrow, somebody who doesn't know who the Doctor is. You're mm. following her introduction, and and as a viewer, you can you can that's mm. your window. She's your window in there,
1: and there's so much tragedy. Like, what, is, yeah. is, it, is it a cop that ends up being the yeah, old guy? Yes, so Moffat, I think clearly has a very, like, deep wound in yes. him somewhere. Yes, yes, yes And yes, yes. But having that brain then also have to focus on the day-to-day and the in and out in a way, I don't mean to be so critical, but, like, it, it kind of waters it down a little mm-hmm. bit. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so because that brain is on everything, I feel like the show suffers. And then his episodes, I think, also suffer because he wasn't able to kind of sit and stare at a, to a corner and go... Well, what if the doctor was a woman, or whatever? Right, his but he's doing right.
0: He's doing. He's being a bit. There's a certain thing about. Moffat, he's a lifelong Doctor Who fan, and yes. a, he's a little fanboy in his writing sometimes, sure. and it gets a little crazy. But I thought the fiftieth anniversary episode was really fun. Oh my god, the War and Doctor, especially yeah, and yeah. especially at the end with all the Doctors oh. and Tom Baker. Oh my god, I wept. Oh. I screamed at my TV, and I wept when I saw Tom Baker.
1: So exciting, so unbelievable. For me, the most exciting moment was that close-up of Capaldi's yes.
0: eyes because it was
1: just like, oh, he's there, he's there, he's, he's there. there, he's there. there he's oh my there. god,
0: and those eyes that could pop, that could open bottles, you know. The, oh, uh. so so great. I
1: want them to do one of those where they flash in the next three doctors. Mm-hmm. And I, but I want them to like, I don't know, I think we'll make this one a lady, we'll make this one sure. an alien sure. and just let the next people figure it
0: out. Have you watched the finale for this season yet? I have not. Okay, I won't say anything. Oh, sure. oh it's no, so no, I'm good. excited. It's so good. It's so good. He's, I, Capaldi's great. Well, look, Capaldi's great and I think with Capaldi, Moffat's writing has gotten better because mm. he's no longer writing to that particular segment of the fan base. He's not trying to Keep the, the the teenage girls on board, and yeah. I love the fact that teenage girls are a part of sci fi fandom, and, and they're an established part of everything now mm. in all fandoms. Yeah, I love that. That that now sci fi and and fandom is for everybody, and yeah. I like that aspect of it. But for a while, Doctor Who was kind of catering to that a bit, and I think now that we have a more avuncular Doctor, right. that it's 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 going more toward what the show was originally. Why about.
1: do you think I'm just? And I'm, I'm going to assert something you may not agree with. Why do you think it's not clicking between him and Clara? Because I, when I watch that show, I go, I like her. I like him. But I don't feel you like... You don't buy they- the chemistry? I don't think they have a relationship. I think she had a relationship with the Matt Smith doctor. Very briefly, yes. And they've tried, because they had a chemistry, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and now he's the new one, so she's kind of around. Well, because her
0: character was in love with the doctor. Right. And then the very first thing he, Capaldi, you know, 12 says in the first episode is, I'm not your boyfriend. Right. Is that your boyfriend on the phone? I'm not your boyfriend. Right, right, right. But see me. See who I, because Clara was going through everything that all the teenage fangirls were going through. She was the window for them, and it was like... Oh, God, here's this old guy now. Mm-hmm. What do I do with him? Mm-hmm. Here was this young, crazy, weird, alien, big chin guy that I was had a, you know, for. Right. What do I do with this old guy? Yeah, because I clearly don't,
1: I can't love but that guy. But
0: then, over that first season, mm-hmm. where there was a lot of. Well, it was Danny Pink. Right. There was the Danny Pink thing, but then there was the whole thing of Clara struggling about whether she wanted to stay with the doctor or not. Whether she could stand the death or or not. And how can you live with yourself and all this stuff. But then by the end, she made a choice and decided, yes, I'm going to continue traveling with you because it's the most glorious thing I've ever experienced. Mm -hmm. And this season, I think it's similar to... Tenant and um, Donna Noble, you know, Ten and Donna Noble, right. where they're just friends. Got it. And there's a friendship there. Yeah. And, and Clara got to the point where she's actually thinking like the Doctor.
1: That's kind of what it feels. I feel yeah. like she's becoming she's him. She's becoming him. Or her
0: version of him. Her it. version, a human version of him. And able to think her way around situations, circumvent uh, uh, adversities. Right. The way the doctor does to think outside the box and go around the back way to to solve a solution mm-hmm. instead of trying to confront something head on, and she's able to logic her way around things because she's hung out with the doctor enough to do that. And I think that's a good arc for a character.
1: It's interesting, and like there's that the moment in when they're trapped underwater, the bit where she hands him the cards and he has to kind of rifle through. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I have yeah, to, yeah. I have yeah. To take feelings. See? she's, she's <clears throat> yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. They're friends, and mm-hmm. she's now helping him because. What the, Eleven's last message to her on the phone was: "Help him. He needs you. Help him." Okay. He's he's this new person. He he's lost his humanity because I'm him. Mm-hmm. I know that I've lost my humanity. I've been stuck on Trenzalore for six hundred years, right? And I've lost my touch with humanity help him be more human help him be a better a better man and you know all those things am I a good man am I this am I that right and all this time you know writing on a chalkboard and, and it's and Capaldi Spins is so good at embodying every previous doctor all in one person. That's what
1: I like. Cause to me, I watch him and I go, Oh, okay. This is a little bit of the, the first one. There's a little bit of uh, Patrick Troughton. You bet. I get, bet. I get a lot of Patrick Troughton, a lot of John Pertwee. Sure. Well, I love the him. new red
0: coat, the red velvet coat. Oh my God. And, um, well, pardon me. Yes. Beautiful. <laughs> <clears throat> um, the, um, yeah, well, I mean, Matt Smith was channeling, too, because when mm-hmm. Matt Smith was not familiar with Doctor Who, but when he was preparing for the role, he watched a lot of, Two. He watched a lot of Troughton. Yeah. And so he, you know, had the old man outfit, bow tie, mm-hmm. and, and the, you know, the... the. But it
1: was very fitted. Right, it, it was fitted, very, but, but he like, didn't have the
0: big, big outfit, right. but the big, you know, hobo clothes or whatever. Mm-hmm. The, he wasn't galactic hobo, right? but he was... Talking to himself, muttering to himself like two would all quickness. the time. The quickness, yeah. the, the, the you could see the the brain firing way faster than than the body or the mouth can convey. Anything. Right, right, right. And he did a good job of that.
1: Yeah, I like. I think Capaldi has like a nice edge to him. Um, I like. I think my biggest issue with the Clara thing is I still kind of watch and go. But why is she there? Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm like. Mm-hmm. If she doesn't love... Not l- romantic love, but if she doesn't love him... But I think she does.
0: I think they do, I think they do love each other in a very close friendship level. Mm-hmm. I think the Doctor, throughout this series, has allowed himself to love Clara as, I think know, that's, as a friend.
1: That's the biggest change, I think, of this whole since 2005, yes, is yes, that... yes. Before, like with Tom Baker, I'm like, he loved Sarah Jane mm, and much. and Pertwee loved uh what was Joe Joe but that was the anomaly right. like when right. when right. when right. when John Pertwee said goodbye to Joe like you're like, Oh my god, he loves her. Yeah, when she, it was yeah, a, it was when a she revelation to, to
0: go with the yeah, the the uh uh activist guy. She stays mm-hmm. behind in, in Wales right, to be with the activist guy. Yeah, I think you know you know she showed up on Sarah Jane Adventures. I did not know. Yeah, that. The, there's an episode with um Joe Grant, it's uh and it's uh um Katie Manning playing Joe Grant. Okay. Um and um she was a galley last year too, and um She, so there was an episode with her in there. My favorite, one of my other favorites was, um, Chibnall's, uh, episode School Reunion with Ten, where Sarah Jane shows up and they have that conversation about what happens to a companion when the doctor leaves them behind. Russell Davis was so good at making, bringing real human emotion and real human issues and real human drama to Mm -hmm. Doctor Who. It wasn't just sci fi, boom, pow. It was, Wow, there's human beings and there's collateral damage, emotional damage and emotional scars and and we hear those conversations. Yes. We hear those that people talk about those things now.
1: Well, I think that's for me again as a little kid watching it, like that was something that always kind of was way in the background was just the damage mm-hmm. of being with him that never really got addressed and now in the new show it seems like that's very much on everybody's very much. mind. Well, the
0: world's changed too. And I mm-hmm. think I think um also, I think the fact that 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 fandom has expanded well into the fem- female half of the population right. that there is a more emotional component to fandom and whereas before it was a lot more science and technical really, in The really in the classic series of who really the only the only emotions the doctor ever showed was compassion or anger. Right. And compassion is a form of love definitely, mm-hmm. but it's more high it's more of a bird's eye you know, higher concept love of I'm doing this to save people, to save, to save people and give them the right to survive and yeah. to live. Yeah,
1: because his thing was always kind of like, I love you dumb humans. Right,
0: I love you guys, right. And, and um, in the TV movie, the doctor says... The fox one? Yeah, the doctor uh, says, I'm half human. And I'm, you know, I am half human, and and that was never said before. And I don't think we will ever be said again. You, you, it could are they, be. I think it, 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 it could be. It could be. There's, I'm not going to say anything else. Oh! I, uh, I can't
2: I've given wait. you something to look I forward can't to. Wait. Oh,
0: it's going to be a good Christmas. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, what, it's, uh, kind of tying in other things we were talking about and things we talked about at PodFest, and by the hmm. way, Hanging out and talking to you for twenty minutes after after the super ego right. show was one of the highlights of my week. Oh good. Just hanging Thank out you. And, and, and shooting the shit about Fantasy Island and everything. I, I have to go back back to what I some stuff I was gonna say earlier <laughs> sure. just now, but my my first real exposure to you, like I said, was, oh, yeah. was through Sorry. super ego and and um the the James Bonding thing and all that, um and now, having gone back and realized, oh yeah, I've seen you in other things, mm-hmm. just didn't know you were you, right? Because um, you're more of a character actor for yeah. the most part, except for like Thundermans and all that. Pretty so, much, yeah. yeah. So, but I love Super Ego. It's that thing. It strikes the heart of the nerd for me. And it it mm-hmm. strikes. It hits all those chords of all those things. I stayed up late watching Night on TV. But, but there, and I don't want to blow smoke, but but there are few things in this world. That delight me more than when Herve shows up on oh, Super Ego. Thank you. It just the first time I heard it, it I, I wasn't it wasn't the golf tournament. It was there was one before oh, that. I think it was
1: the swimming pool one. The the very first one we recorded was. The, Dude, the 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 audition. It, it, no, the very first one was like it was a flashback. It sort of set like da da mm. da. Well, this thing behind the scenes, and it was I think it's Hervey talk. Is that the audition? It's Hervey yes, talking sorry, you're to the right.
0: producer about being on the yes, new Fantasy Island. That was island the first one we did with the Malcolm McDowell Fantasy Island, and they wanted they were debating about whether to have him on there or not. Right. I think it was it, or yeah. it was the original because it's with gorley
1: because gorley's right. such a James Bond freak <laughs> that like that was that sort of like a crazy Bond, perfect Bond. story. How beautiful am I?
0: You're the very tickety-tock of Big Ben's cock, Uh, sir.
2: Oh, you made me so happy. (laughs) <laughs> Have you seen him in the,
1: the, the picture of him in the yeah. the the little jumpsuity thing? You no, know, I haven't. haven't. The powder
0: blue. Uh,
1: this, somebody oh. <laughs> somebody made Matt
0: that. I know, outfit, but it was too
1: small, so he couldn't wear it. But since then, they made him another one. They either made him another one
0: or they, they it adjusted fitted. it because I've seen a picture of him in it, and you know he is the grin of his and six I'm year a six-year-old. Huge Bond fan too. Yeah, I'm, I, that just runs very. My dad took me to see Spy Love Me in '76 in the theater. Oh, was that your first movie? Yeah, it was my first Ma- Bond movie. Yeah. Okay, my, my first movie movie with Star Wars. Well, I saw, we saw Star Wars, too. My my parents split up in 75, and so before my dad moved to Chicago in 80, we would spend, I would spend weekends with him, and we'd always go to the movies. Okay. So my dad would pick me up, and we'd go to the movies. Yeah. And we saw all those great, a lot of great movies in the 70s. You know, we saw Silver Streak and Spider-Man. Oh, movie. I love that and, movie. Yeah, and uh, uh, um, Star Wars, Airplane. I mean, we saw Ooh. a ton of movies. But Star Wars, I saw twice opening week because I went with my daycare, uh-huh. and then that summer I was my mom would send me to like a daycare, right. ty- a day day daytime daycare right. type thing, and we saw it, and then I went with my dad that weekend and saw it again. <sighs> Opening weekend, seven years old. I mean, you and I are pretty much almost exactly the same age. I'm like a month older than you. Oh, yeah, Where, when's your birthday? August 9 nineteen seventy. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm September twenty second. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I said, I'm DBP. Oh, you um, know, I cyberstalked you a little bit. That's um, no, I just want to learn more. You're about. being a responsible host. There you go. Doing my homework. Um, I would imagine that growing up in Madison, Wisconsin was a lot like me growing up in Denver, where you're in a climate where you get four seasons. It's mm-hmm. very football town. College it's town. It's very co- – yeah, college people, college town, uh, uh, intermixed with some rural folks. Yes. Uh, red state. Um, uh,
1: well, it used to be a
0: Democratic state. Oh, really? It sort of
1: swapped over. Yeah, okay. when I grew up, it was a blue state, but – only because of cities like Madison and Milwaukee, right, right, like right, because
0: right. of well, Colorado is very much a red state, but Denver, right? Because you got your your Denver smack dab in between the People, People's Republic of Boulder <laughs> and the you know the, the Colorado Springs, which is like the, the hotbed of of, uh, of uh, um, focus on the family and uh-huh. those guys. So, um, but. So Denver always kind of wanted to be hip and urban and, right. and, and and like a bigger city, but I always called it a cow town—the glandular problem, you because know, <laughs> you have this such country influence, you know, this kind of is Denver the capital? Yeah, Denver. And is the same capital. thing with Madison. Yeah,
1: I yeah, feel yeah. like because again, sort of Midwesty, right, right, but you right. get the confluence of and because it's a the, because of the history it has through like the Vietnam era. You get a lot of people coming in from New York. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, yeah, they always refer to it as like a similar to like Berkeley, right? Um, and it's funny. After I moved out here, some friends of mine took me to Berkeley, thinking like, "Huh, how great is this?" And I remember just kind of thinking like, "Yeah, this is exactly like where I grew, where up. I grew up. It's I, I like know, it's, it. It's so great, but, but it's, it's not. nothing." New and exciting for me. The great thing about Berkeley, though, was like Chinatown. Chinatown's
0: like real Chinatown. Yes. There's no real Chinatown in Madison. No, no, no. Not in Denver, either. There's no section. There's Chinese restaurants, but there's no section of town. That's that's the thing. Colorado didn't have, other than Hispanic neighborhoods, Mm -hmm. they didn't really have cultural... Neighborhoods, right? Like a Chicago, like a Denver, like an or like a New York, or like a Chicago, like an LA, like you know, like right. a like a San Francisco. There wasn't that. There was no Chinatown in Denver. There's no Chinatown, Koreatown, nothing like that, right? So the, you'd have restaurants, but and and there's a there's a really great uh, sushi restaurant inside the Nisei uh, American Veterans Hall, which is like Japanese American veterans okay. of World War II. So they have like a you know like mm-hmm. a, like a VFW for, for Japanese Americans. Um, But other than that, I mean, the big two cultures are white and Hispanic, you know, white and Latino. And and so, but it was all mashed together. So culturally, Denver's very much like a Midwestern Mm -hmm. town with the cowboy influence, with the country Western influence kind of crammed in there on top of that.
1: Yeah, there's some of that in Wisconsin. Uh, I mean, I think Denver, is Denver the same way? Like, you can drive 10 minutes outside the city and it's just like Farms, yes. Yeah. Just... Well,
0: it used to be that way, but that the, the city, the 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 Is expanding the, the suburban sprawl. Yeah, I mean, you, it's butted up against the mountains, so the people oh. start building condos up in the foothills. But then out away to the east, Got it. Aurora just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. I think Madison and goes further every south too. I mean, Denver, I think, kind of butts up against Castle Rock now, where it didn't used to. Okay, there's a Denver Tech Center down there that they built, and those everything's just kind of merging and growing around it, and they they eventually built a, a four-section diamond-shaped freeway system around the outside of the city. Oh, interesting. And it's called 470. There was And there's each section. There's E, C, mm-hmm. W, and S or something. Okay. And been, one of them, they used to be toll roads and stuff, but it used to be just like the intersection of I-70 and I-25. Okay. And then everything's just kind of expanded out from there. And you need a way to get around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was, when I was living there in the 90s before I moved to L.A., it seemed like everybody I, every new person I met was either from Ohio or California,
1: mm.
0: and people were moving. You know, people, uh, and a lot of people were moving from California because of the Rodney King thing that they didn't oh, yeah. want. They didn't want to move up to Valencia, the Great White Wave up to Valencia and mm-hmm. Santa Clarita. They moved out of state. They got out of state to get away from. But Denver has gang problems too. I mean, I used to work at the Seven Eleven that was right in the middle of all the the hub of all the gang activity in town. Mm-hmm. Um, and saw a lot of crazy shit there. I'll bet it was crazy. It's, it's, I worked graveyard too, and oh being wow, being a white dude with long hair and earrings and stuff. And it was it was it was eye opening. I saw a lot of humanity there. It was really kind of um, raised my level of awareness about how different people's lives are and different stuff. And, yeah. and but how really even that those those experiences are different. The kind of goals that everybody has are the same. You mm-hmm. just want three squares and somebody to cuddle up with, and that's it. You yeah. Know? Staying warm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Try, ideally out of danger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh.
1: <clears throat> Saw a lot of crazy stuff. Uh, let's talk about Jessica Jones for a second. Oh, great. So, because hey. well, I feel like we've, we've 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 talked about guys a lot. Uh, <laughs> so, you're aware you now you're at episode 11. Yeah. She's so good. Unbelievable! She's so good. Because the
0: only thing I'd ever seen Kristen Ritter in before was the the, the don't trust the woman, the bee in Apartment Two B or whatever. Oh, you ever watched Breaking Bad? No, no, Ooh. no. So my wife watched Breaking Bad. I saw the first episode and the last episode, and I pretty much got the feel like I pretty much got the gist of it.
1: My wife kind of felt the same way. Like she watched the first one, and she's like, eh, but it's once you get into it. I think when you get past. The first, the first, because that season one I think is a six episodes because the writers strike. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not that those are bad, but once you kind of get past that, those, it really just richens up. Well, it's just it's one of those things where every episode is good, mm-hmm. every episode, and they write themselves into corners. Um And again, because of the age on we, purpose, yeah. Well, I think they just don't worry about it. They kind of go, and that's the end. And then they have to come back to the next one and go,
0: oh shit. Sure. It's kind of like the first three seasons of Walking Dead. It's like it's like okay, what it, we we've we've solved the problem that happened at the end of the last episode mm-hmm. we've everybody's infighting. fighting somebody does something really really stupid and mm-hmm. zombies come in and then oh cliffhanger till what do we have a problem we have to get out of before next week and that yeah. was every single episode of Walking Dead.
1: I like it a lot more now yeah, I like it a lot more now. I feel like the first few seasons of that kind of
0: got... I checked repetitive. out because oh, did you? I got to the point i like where at. Do you remember Early it? part of season four, I think, maybe the end of season three. Because that just, in the prison, yeah, where they just were leaving the prison, the the governor, the end of the governor, I saw pretty Got much, it. and then after that, I was, and they did, were getting to terminus, right? And then I'm like, oh, I'm out. I, I just don't see that show ending well at all.
1: Well, I don't. I think to me that that whole show is it's both serialized as well as its characters. Like it has everything now to do with like do you like these five core people? And then uh, sooner or later, one of those five is gone. And you're like, Oh God, I, I don't know. So you either bring in people.
0: another core character or they're one less or whatever. Yeah, so. And
1: they've gotten pretty good now at f- figuring ways to kind of like bringing in new mm-hmm. people. Like they mm-hmm. go to the prison, they pick yeah, up yeah, some yeah. people, that kind of thing. Um, but it's I don't know what it is because I've gotten I used to really freak out about gore like it just it oh, re- really oh yeah it,
0: yeah well, you become desensitized it to
1: really it. affected me yeah yeah
0: um but now I
1: kind of go like oh yeah that's cool
0: oh, yeah, that's <laughs> cool oh I, wow that looks really realistic yeah like I mean yeah I, true mean, true I mean I uh, mean Nick Otero is is a genius the stuff that he's been able to do on that show. Mm-hmm. Has, has, I, I would think that Romero would weep at that, be like oh my god it's so beautiful oh. you know, the way that you made that head explode it's beautiful oh, you it know I mean watch
1: Day of the Dead for yeah, Halloween yeah. oh my god it's crazy yeah the yeah,
0: yeah. I saw Day, Dawn of the Dead the original at a party and when I at, when I was like 13 did you stop talking to everybody and just watch the movie well kind of but we were just we were at a Halloween party where we were watching it was a movie oh okay thing, oh, party, god. oh great 13 and we are watching that and Within the first ten minutes, when he goes up the stairs and the guy blows the guy's head off with a shotgun, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm out, I'm done. I mean, I couldn't handle that at age thirteen. And isn't Don
1: also the one with the helicopter? Yeah, it's the
0: I think it's the helicopter in the mall. It's the one that ends in the mall. Yeah, the mall. It's definitely yeah. the mall. Yeah, uh, which is such a
1: great idea. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh the, my god, the abandoned mall. Yeah.
0: Uh, Jessica Jones. I
1: really like her. I really like uh, the friend, Patsy. Mm-hmm. I love that they've mm-hmm. kind of said, well, what if her buddy isn't just a new character? Right. What if her buddy is Hellcat? Right. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Luke Cage is great. Oh, I mean- yeah.
0: Luke. I mean, everybody, in the- and I know I have very little experience with Marvel Comics. Oh, really? I was a DC guy growing up. Why were you so? Uh, uh,
1: let me take this opportunity to ask because I loved just comics. Mm-hmm. I never thought of myself as DC or one of the other. Well, I, like I loved Batman and I loved Spider Man, but I never like got into one. Right. What What is it about the company?
0: Though? Well, it was it was super friends. It was the fact of it was oh. exposure. It was TV exposure. Yeah. I was primarily always primarily a TV watcher. Got it. More than anything, I didn't. I I don't have much of an attention span for reading because one word, I'll be reading a sentence and one word will hit my brain and send me off the, in a brain tangent. Oh, interesting. And I'll have to read the same sentence over, you know, and so we will try books on tape. It's like, well, I'm listening to podcasts now. So, yeah. you know, but so I was primarily a TV watcher. Secondary was movies. And mm-hmm. the third, I would, I was collecting some comics later. But most of what I got was what I got off the TV. So yeah. I saw Spider Man on TV, a little but there bit. wasn't an X Man. Well, there was the '60s yeah. Spider Man TV show, and I watched that. There was the '60s Fantastic Four, and then I watched a little of that. Mm-hmm. But it was mostly Super Friends and Batman. Batman, the '60s TV Batman, oh, and the, the Adam West Burt yeah. Ward, and loved it. Still love it. Yeah. It's, it's one, still the thing. It's one of the, oh, you know, they're doing an animated series, and they're going to have Adam West and Burt Ward. They're going to do a '60s style really? Batman animated series that's in the style of the '60s TV Whoa. show. Oh my god. Of the Dozer TV show and they're gonna have Adam West and for Ward do the voices.
1: Those dolls, those Aiden yes. from uh, what is the
0: it? The Miko Fig-
1: dolls. They're figures toy company I isn't it? I love those the things. The ones with the gloves
0: and yeah. things and the capes and the outfit that you could think. Of. I had a Spider Man one, I had the Batman one, I had Spider-Man, Batman... Remember the really tall Steve Austin doll? The 9-inch? Yep. I had one of those. I had that. I had a big Godzilla. I had a couple of um, Shogun Warriors that were like uh, anime-like those Japanese. Those things are the best. Yeah, with the arms that would fire off and stuff. <laughs> but, but going back to, to the whole thing with comics... It was all whatever was on TV. That's what I was interested in.
1: That makes sense. Did you ever watch Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends? Yeah, I loved that show.
0: Yeah, I, and there was The Incredible Hulk. Yes. I watched The Incredible Hulk live action with Bill Bixby and oh. I love that too. Lou Ferrigno, oh. I love that. And um, Mr. McGee, don't make me angry. You wouldn't <laughs> like me when I'm angry. <laughs> okay, Bill Bixby, i not make me angry. That was the best
1: casting in the world. To get Bill Bixby <gasps> in there, Bixby so all great. of a sudden you cared about the Hulk. You totally did.
0: Yeah, Man. because of him. But see, I didn't know about the comics. I only knew what I saw on TV. So, right. So any, any I can approach these um, Marvel movies and TV shows as a moviegoer or as a TV viewer. Kind of fresh Not eyes. as a comic nerd. Right. I am a comic nerd to a degree because I know the stories and everything like that. But I'm able to approach these with a nerdy perspective, but just as a moviegoer and as a liker of comic books. stuff. is good. Which I don't, so I don't, I don't, I don't have the, the conflict in me about the, is this true to the comic? Did they Is get the true? costume right? Right. Got I don't it. care about <clears throat> that stuff <clears throat> uh, because it's not my wheelhouse. It's not that it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to some people. It, right. just doesn't, it doesn't make a difference to me.
1: I feel like Marvel's done a really great job of kind of like they, they're focusing on the character.
0: They're like, yes. if we get the essence of the character well, that's right. That's what Marvel Comics always did. Yeah. It was always allegory for real human drama. Mm-hmm. Real human Important issues, diversity, drama. I mean, X Men is a study in sure. diversity awareness. I mean, it, it, every walk of life is yeah. represented there,
1: and and people who are special gifts but hated. Yeah, like that to me, like oh, yeah, that yes. was the thing. And then, so then, when X Men really become popular in sort of like the eighties and into the nineties, it without because we loved them so much, it weirdly took something away from oh, them because yeah. yeah. the whole point was everybody thinks we're monsters mm-hmm. and then because it's so popular you get this
0: team and then you know uh, uh, New Mutants and X-Force and, and even back in the in the 70s the Hulk did that on the TV show mm-hmm. you, because like you said you cared about the Hulk yeah. you knew that he couldn't control himself right. as this monster right. but here's this man trying to you know forever haunted by the fact that because of his wife is dead because of his right this thing that he became
1: yeah well particularly with that TV show I, the thing that always struck me is every time he woke up he's like oh god what did I just yeah, do yeah what the
0: hell did I do like waking up yeah.
1: for that guy yeah. and probably some people in life is yeah. a nightmare. nightmare
0: nightmare well yeah and then so the Saturday morning stuff I watched the Lou Shimer Batman and Rob oh, love that yeah, filmation and the, the filmation stuff so I watched Batman and Robin. I also watched the um, 60s uh, DC uh, superheroes, mm-hmm. you know, the Ted Knight stuff with Ted Knight's voice uh. and Super Friends. And so, so I was much more exposed to DC Comics. Yeah. And Batman was always the one that spoke to me the most. Yeah, and it's true. mostly due to exposure because yeah. you got the Batman TV shows, you got Batman cartoons, blah blah and blah. And You saw
1: many more of those characters yeah. and yeah, because yeah, of yeah, Super yeah. Friends, you like sort of like now with the Avengers like, "Oh, that's my team." Yes. That's why yes. we still have people go like, "Aquaman's awesome." because of like because of that show right because of that show right oh my right God. right right my kids are getting now into Teen Titans Go I love Teen Titans it's
0: and Teen Titans Go it's so funny it's such so, a good show it's so well written
1: when I started reading comics my two things were X-Men and new Teen Titans mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. when they had that crossover book mm-hmm. I felt like I was yeah. the king. Do you remember that book?
0: I don't... I didn't see it, it was, but I... I'm it, bes- was,
1: it was written by Chris Claremont, who wrote X-Men, mm-hmm. but Walt Simonson did the art, who's mm-hmm. just a great artist, and then the villain, so it's X-Men and Teen teaming up to take down Dark Side and Dark Phoenix nice. together, and then... Um, uh, deathstroke is sort of like their minion
0: right and you know it's like if you like any of those characters you're like ah
1: no, oh it's hey. I mean,
0: anytime there was a Marvel Marvel DC team up kind of crossover thing that was really always big news God. Watching- Now, my my stepbrother was into um into x-men a lot uh-huh. so I have a copy of God loves man Kills. oh so good yeah. but that was pretty much it until the movies and right I mean I kind of knew occasionally the X-Men would show up on Spider Man and sure. his amazing friends or whatever. And then the later there was an X-Men T V series and a Wolverine, you know, cartoon series and all that. Right. But so like again, it was all about what I could see on TV. Mm-hmm. That's where 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 I got the interest for, for that stuff from.
1: And what an age we live in now, like where all these things we love are on yeah. the
0: internet. They and they're on TV. And, yeah, yeah. Everywhere. Oh. But Jessica Jones is just so the thing that I absolutely love about that show is both Jessica and, I mean, it passes the Bechdel-Wallace test. It's, it's, it's. What's that? I don't it, know. The, the Bechdel-Wallace test. Bechdel, uh, was a, a feminist writer, um, whose partner was last name Wallace. Okay. And they came upon this thing from a comic book she did. She had this, this kind of like comic, like a, like a daily kind of average oh, okay. life comic, comic strip on the internet or whatever about, Uh, you know how it is to be a lesbian in the modern world, kind of thing. And and they were sitting watching movies, and it's like, you know, I I, they were talking about Bechdel Wallace and this and that. But it's like this thing of are there is there more than one female character in the show or the movie? Okay. Uh, Two. Do they have names? (laughs) (laughs) Oh God, that's three. Do they talk to each other? Uh huh. Four. Do they talk to each other about anything other than the male lead? Oh, interesting. And if not, they don't pass They've, the test. Uh-huh. And a lot of things fail. Princess Leia was the only woman in the universe in Star Wars. I just saw that
1: that yeah, mix the S-
0: holy. Yeah, sh- the first yeah, 4, 5 and 6, there was a minute and 5 seconds of female voice other than Princess Leia. That's you got Amperu, you got the uh the Ion Cannon controller, right. and you got uh Mon Mothma. Mon Mothma. And that's about it. I like Mon Mothma. Love Mon Mothma. Many buttons. Died to bring us this information. Oh my god. Hi everyone, Michael with a special offer for you, the listeners of the Something Something Experience podcast. Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a 30-day free trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I personally recommend A Carlin Home Companion by Kelly Carlin. Truly the voice of a generation, George Carlin gave the world some of the most hysterical and iconic comedy routines of the last 50 years. He perfected the art of making audiences double over with laughter while simultaneously making people wake up to the realities and insanities of life in the 20th century. Few people glimpse the inner life of this beloved comedian, but his only child, Kelly, was there to see it all. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash something2xp. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash something2xp for your free audiobook. If you sign up using that URL, they'll give us a little something in return, and you'll be supporting an independent podcast just like that. Thanks for listening, and now, back to the show. But yeah, so they don't pass the back to test. But Jessica Jones... Number one, character mm-hmm. named Jessica Jones. Right. Number two, you got uh, uh, Patsy. And the two of them together. And the lawyer. And the lawyer. And the lawyer's girlfriend. And the lawyer's ex-wife. Right. And, 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 and. Right. And I love the fact that, you know, with the Simpson character. Right. And and and, and the, the uh, Kilgrave character and all this stuff, you have these women standing up. And saying, you know, yeah, you raped me. You Mm -hmm. didn't, you know, you were. I did. This was all against my will. I'm not going to put up with this anymore. Um, Patsy's a badass, and and you know, putting the Simpson guy in line, and 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 not and saying you're crazy. Get the hell out. And and women standing up for themselves and not being painted as crazy, not being painted as insane, and And all having had gone through some horrific things,
1: different their own. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's really what struck me, was just that it's, oh, wow, this is a survivor's yes. story. Yes. And not and necessarily the, the,
0: going through it, but yeah. having gone through it. And, and what coming it, out the other side and, not, and putting your foot down and saying, I'm not going to put up with this anymore. Yeah. The phrase that keeps coming out of my wife's mouth when we watch Jessica Jones is, good girl. Yeah. Good girl. Yeah. And it's it's great. It's really it's something. It's so great and so refreshing. Because I'm I'm at the point in my life, and I've said this on the podcast a million times, I'm so done with white dudes. Mm-hmm. I'm so <laughs> done of seeing another Jet Apatow movie with, with Jonah Hill and, 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 uh, Seth, Seth Rogen. Rogen and, and, um, who's the, uh, the skinny, um, Jib No, the, um, Jason Siegel? No, I like Jason Siegel. Oh, yeah, I like all those guys. I, yeah, yeah, it's just, but I'm just like, that's why I thought Trainwreck was so awesome. Because oh, I gotta see it. Here you got, you got a female character misbehaving mm-hmm. and redemption story for mm-hmm. a female character, yeah. Instead of a male character,
1: I like lo- just from the preview, like the the bit with her on the phone with Vanessa Bayer, like called nine one one. Like yes. as soon as I saw that little yes. clip, I was like,
0: oh. "I'm calling the police." This I'm in. So great. I'm So in. great. Yeah. And then you got Tina Fey and and uh, uh, sisters uh, sisters. I want to see that. Yeah. I got um. You got. I want to see more movies where. Why not me? I was talking to a guy the other day about his script and uh, <laughs> Welcome to L.A. Um, but I was talking to the guy the other day, and, and I'm like and he's like yeah I've got this movie and it's got these people and it's got these guys all these guys and blah 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 and um, you know and there's and I'm being diverse I got a couple gay guys in there and they're you know it's this whole thing the whole premise is, is you got a campfire at night and you can see everything inside this radius of light but you can't see anything on the outside but then everybody on the outside can totally see in and and it's, and then it's like this thriller okay and I'm like and it's like and I got these couple gay guys and they go off and they're the first ones to get it cuz they go off to and I'm like when did you make the gay guy the hero? Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, I'm like, yeah. I'm just saying, you know, you could make the gay guy the hero and make it make him not get killed for going off to you know mess around with his right. with his buddy. Because in theory, you could make it that they're in love, and right? It's just you could make it a thing and not call attention to it and just be like, this is just a thing. But they're the ones who wind up thwarting the bad guy. You yeah, know what I mean, I'm just saying. So, but I just tried to plant a little seed there. You know, yeah. it's just like. You know, why is it that it's always a non white guy, somebody who's not white and male, that has to be the one to get killed or the one to, you know, get.
1: Yeah. Well, I think a lot of times it's because we're. The creators are writing from their own yeah. perspective, and a lot. Most of the time, the creators are white dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's weird. So we're in this time when, as creators, we're sort of obliged to try and go, well, let's try and reflect back. All of humanity, but for the most part, a lot of the creators are from this one pocket of the world. Right, and right, the right. other cre- the creators who are from more diverse mm-hmm. life have a h- bigger responsibility on them, but I, I would imagine have all kinds of, uh, like Herculean leaps to get past that I won't ever understand. Right, right, right. Uh, I was just reading a thing, they're, you know, talking about the guy, uh, is it Ryan, is his name Kugler, the guy who just directed Creed, mm. for him to do Black Panther. Oh, okay. And they uh, are also talking to, Marvel's also talking to uh, Lexi Alexander to do Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And somebody said, hey, this is on Twitter, why don't you switch it? Why why don't you have Lexi Alexander do Black Panther and have this guy do? Do Ms. Marvel's to mix it up. And Lexi Alexander responded. She's like, In any other circumstance, I would completely agree. But she said, But, and this is her speaking, I really feel like Black Panther needs uh, uh, a black Direc- person director. to create and authenticate yes, that world. I totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I read that and I was like, Huh. Yeah. Some people are going to take that as. N- I don't know, not PC, but I'm like no, it's I, interesting I totally to kind of lay down and go. No, this is a place yeah. where it needs yep. to yep. be yep. genuine, exactly.
0: Which is well, the other thing that I like about Jessica Jones is you see those characters having sex for pleasure and enjoying it, yeah. and being allowed to, and early on, and early on, and also like there's the scene where um, Simpson and and uh, uh, oh yeah. they're in bed together, it's like, like going down on mm-hmm. her and stuff like that, and it's like, hey, wow, here you go having a. a, a, a Thing that's you know, and, it, it and goes, a Marvel thing, yeah, and it goes back to that whole thing of with the with the Ryan Reynolds movie where he's doing a movie where he's like you know pleasuring his wife, uh-huh. and you know here's a woman he's married to, and the characters are married. they're, they're he's pleasuring his wife, and they wanted to make it NC seventeen. He goes, wait, you can show a woman being raped, and it's a PG thirteen movie, but you show a woman having pleasure, and it has to be NC seventeen because women enjoying sex is still taboo. Oh yeah, you
1: know, and well, you know that. That whole thing with Jessica and Luke Cage at the beginning comes out of that Alias book. Are you familiar with that? Mm -hmm. At the, it starts, I don't know if it's in the, I think it's in the first book of Alias. She's super down, runs into Luke, and in the comic book they already kind of know each other. It's not, it's not like their first meeting. And basically they hook up and she basically says to him it's all sort of referenced but she says no I want to do this and then it cuts to a shot of him behind her and the implication is that it's anal
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's
1: but it's all in her narrative right. about there's something about being hurt and like, like that and I remember it was I think it was one of the first ones that Marvel did they have this max brand where it's essentially they brand, right? yeah Adult brand and I remember reading that and going like holy shit Shit, they're fucking they're going for it. And I yeah. feel like
0: the show And I think that Marvel is is making a lot of bold choices and bold movements and and, and and putting putting directors where they need to be and putting stories where they in the hands of the people they need to be in And, the hands shifting, of, genre. and shifting genre. Shifting and, genre and bringing more feminist dialogue to everything. And I think it's so necessary and so important because little girls need heroes too, you know? Well, that's all I think about. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. all I think about. I mean, about. all this this whole thing of Target finally going, okay, here's Stasma Toys. Here's mm-hmm. phasma toys. We ordered phasma toys. You know, mm-hmm. it's like where's You know, they show letters. You know, letters to 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 people. Where's you know, back in the seventies. Where's my Princess Leia doll for my right. kid? Where's well,
1: that, that Black Widow thing we went yeah. through
0: last year with yes. Age of Ultron? Or was yes. it was that this year? Yeah, they, they yeah, there was no that was no Black year. Widow figure. It's like come on. I don't know why, I and mean, I know I know I have friends who are parents of boys. Mm. Boys were disappointed there were no Black Widow tools. Yeah,
1: because she's a badass. Because she's
0: a badass, and God, wouldn't you love to see a Black Widow movie?
1: Oh my God! Well, I feel like we kind of, in a weird way, we kind of get that with Captain America too. I'm like, I kind of like them spreading these characters. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of why I like I Hellcat want, so much a, and right. Jessica Jones. I want, yeah,
0: and I want to. I want a, a a I want a a Black Widow store a movie. I yeah. want this. I want that origin story. I want that thing. I want her being who she is, mm-hmm. seducing men and and hurting them and doing their thing to be a spy and mm-hmm. all. I want to see that. I want to see all of that. There's so many great Marvel characters. That's why I'm excited
1: about this Netflix stuff taking off because I'm like, "Oh, well, wait a minute. If we're getting Jessica Jones and we're getting uh, uh Hellcat, I'm like, we've got Daredevil, Hulk.
0: Daredevil. Ooh. So good.
1: Ooh. and Simpson, do you, you do you know who Simpson is?" Mhm. Simpson, there's a very famous, uh, Daredevil story. It's when Frank Miller oh. came back to Daredevil. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's after he had done Batman Year One. So it's the artist right. is David Mazzucchelli. Right. So he, the two of them, it's called, I think it's, I think it's called, all the nerds are going to yell at me right now. I think it's called like Daredevil Firstborn or something mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that. It's basically Frank Miller kind of coming back and Tearing down the character and building him back up. Doing
0: a okay, cool, cool. And so, not an origin story, but like a a sit, shoot, running him through the ringer and having, right, yeah, come it, back, it, having it, him come back. The,
1: the the plot line essentially is in the very beginning of that of the story arc. Kingpin. These are all spoilers, by the way. <laughs> Kingpin finds out that Daredevil is Matt Murdock. Right. And so, rather than immediately walking to Matt Murdock's house and shooting him in the face, Kingpin's like.
0: Let's screw with him. Yeah, let's, let's let's pull a job on him. He, he, well, yeah, exactly. He's like, I'm going
1: to tear you down piece by piece. Right, and so and the way he finds out is that Karen Page, the secretary character, is now a strung out uh, porn actress, and so mm. basically for a fix, she sells Matt Murdock's name. <sighs> oh, it's it's heartbreaking. Oh,
0: man.
1: And so to help tear him down, I wonder if they're, they're going to explore that in se- season two. I bet you will be three okay. because because two is.
0: Punisher. Okay. Uh, so, so, Daredevil versus Punisher.
1: Yeah. So, the, so to tear him down, they send Kingpin sends in this mercenary called Nuke, who basically is a Captain America recreation experiment, and he looks like Captain America. He's like a big blonde crew cut, sure, sure. but he has an American flag tattooed oh, on his face. <laughs> and he, and the th- the reason it's, this thing is from Jessica Jones is that he's like, give me a red, give me a blue. Oh yeah. So Simpson. Yeah. Okay, is is becoming, or maybe already is so he's somewhere in the world of Nuke, Wow. and so as soon as I saw that, I was like, Oh God, there's. Because he had that this, haircut, you know, he
0: does not look like a cop. I was like, This, no, guy, looks looks like ha- an, this guy looks like an actor, not a cop. No. no, I don't know any cops in the world that have two tone hair jobs. You know, hair he's Steve Rogers. Oh yeah, yeah. Put like
1: put that haircut next to. Uh, that's true. That's true. That's who he is. He yeah. is a. Yeah. He's he's another Super soldier ver- type guy. He's another ver- and like you see he's got a heart, he's
0: trying to do the right thing and then as soon as he's, he's no on drugs. the drugs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I th- so he's new- There's so many complicated things with with Jessica Jones and there's so many issues just woven into it and it's such good writing and it's such rich
1: storytelling. Mm-hmm. I would love that they kept to Simpson being an ass. Yeah, like because at first he kind of came in. I was like, "Oh no,
0: they're gonna make him like the boyfriend." Right, and, right, right. And I,
1: the whole time I was like, "I don't like that fucking no, guy." No, no. So but then he
0: was lying. He, but all along, even before he was on the drugs again, he was lying to, mm-hmm. to her over the phone. He was sitting outside of Jessica's childhood home. Yeah, and he's lying to her. It's like I don't know where he is, but he could see. He's looking at at Kilgrave. Yeah, because he wanted to take him down himself,
1: and he, which gets. Him obviously is horribly hurt, gets his men killed. Like, oh, yeah, 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 spoilers! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoilers! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I shouldn't say that but, uh, after we talk about it. But,
0: <laughs> but the, uh, uh, what was I gonna, oh, another, um, I really liked, uh, yeah, I really liked Daredevil because I had no exposure to him whatsoever. I did not oh, yeah. see the Affleck movie. Um, and so, and everything that DC's putting out, I have no interest in seeing whatsoever. I do not care about Dawn of Justice. One no. Iota. I will watch a supercut of all the Wonder Woman scenes from that movie mm-hmm. on the internet. Uh, six three months after, you it won't comes go see out. it. No, really? No. Why? Batfleck? Oh, you don't like him? Really? I see. I can't do it. Can't do it. He's- it could have been anybody else. Could have been anybody else in that role. I and get I it. No. I and get it. I do not like Ben Affleck. Never have, never will. Ooh. One movie I ever liked him Two movies I ever liked him in. Uh-huh. 200 Cigarettes. Never saw it. It's so great. It's such a great movie. Okay. Big, huge ensemble cast. Right. A lot of comedians. It's- Jay Moore, Janine Garofalo, Paul Rudd. Is it Jim Jarvis? Courtney Love. I don't know. I don't. It might have been. I don't know. Okay. Um, Elvis Costello. Uh, Bill Murray's in it, isn't he? Mm, no, okay, 200 cigarettes. It's um, it's like a New Year's Eve. Christina Ricci. Um, uh, I remember it, but uh, I, I never b- b- saw b- b- it. Martha. Plimpton? Yes, mm-hmm. Martha Plimpton. And it's just this great kind of like ensemble cast seeing different scenes with right. these characters all converging on New Year's Eve. Okay, that sounds Dave funny. Chappelle plays a oh. cab driver. Before people, before the Chappelle show, before people really, I mean, Days and Confused, I think was already out at that time. But Ben Affleck plays this kind of douchey bartender, and he was okay in that. Okay, you know, he was fine.
1: What's the other one you like him in? The
0: other thing I like him in is Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back because yes. he's making fun of himself. Yeah, it's the only way. And now I'm, I'm because of the whole thing with Project Greenlight, I'm done with Matt Damon too. He's another guy on my list of white guys I don't care about. Him. Did
1: you watch Project? Did you watch the show?
0: I, or- I watched the clips of him, you know, trying to tell. A uh, black a. director about yeah. racism and yeah. stuff, and I'm just like, "You're a douche. You're an ass. Get out yeah. of my. Get, I'm done with well. you. I'm done with you." Then now, whenever I see Matt Damon, I do the the Team America Matt
1: Damon. <laughs> <laughs> that will haunt him to the day he oh, dies. I love it. I love it it's so, so much. Really funny. I love it so much. Yeah. I got to see the Martian. I heard the book's way better than the movie. Yeah, because it's the experience of reading. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's, it was originally a blog,
0: like done right. done in a, in a as an episodic blog, right? Which I think is so fascinating. that right. This guy, but I'm tired of watching, you know. Fictional governments throw billions of dollars to save Matt Damon. I'm done with that. You know, like, I don't know, mm-hmm. guys. he's our most precious resource. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> John Stewart. Well, he was like he's our he's our most important Jew, <laughs> according, <laughs> according to Family Guy. <laughs>
1: uh, and he's going now after
0: senators and stuff like that. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Well, just, he's got he's like doing a sustainable farm now and doing all this thing and donating food to charities and doing this and just going out and speaking around to people and stuff. Wow, and. and but um, uh, uh, once again, circling back to Super because I'm, I'm kind of—I mean, I'm kind of obsessed with this whole thing. So, when did you start doing Hervé? When did that th- become like a thing that you that were doing? That
1: started as I think just—I uh, think the way a lot of people do with impressions. That started as a goof around. I was in out of comedy sports in Madison Mm -hmm. a bunch of us moved to New York City I moved there in like 93 and we were in a sketch group called the Burt Fershner so we actually did like early Comedy Central stuff Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and so at some point or another we put we wanted to do a CD Mm -hmm. and so you know everybody's like brainstorming ideas and I knew I had this voice so I was like uh how about just like a fake commercial with Hervé just (laughs) trying to sell like a kid's doll um (laughs) And they liked it and we recorded it, and like that's the first time I ever like did anything with it. And so then when we were years late, so that you know, that's like ninety six or ninety-seven. So then years later now we're doing super ego, and the first time we're gonna record, I'm kind of know how they do it. Like, they have a dry erase board, and, they can, and I think even now... It's, they kind
0: of map... I would imagine that they map out ideas. Well, they
1: kind of pitch things. They already... And they have... You know, they have a, so many running sketches now at this oh, okay. point. Yeah, that They're yeah, like, yeah, we yeah. could do this, we could do that. Um, so, I think I... God, I don't remember how it happened. I think maybe I had said, I've got this Herve thing, um, and Matt... Ah, Gourlay. Oh, 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 yeah. He he was, like, the framework and everything like that. And so, you know, just, like, doing that voice, I'm like, okay, so he's... A little person, but he has this like very aggressive personality. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, the funny thing is not for him to be a victim. The funny thing is for him to be like uh, picking people S- sexually up sexually, throw- charge right. The oh yeah, he's
0: invincible. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah
1: well, and also, yeah. and again, because it's the '70s, I think of like, okay, it's like Cannonball Run era. <laughs> yes. So, yes, in my head, he's always wearing like a little sexy jumpsuit, yeah, with um, a weapon
0: fest. Oh my gosh, <laughs> and my, the- weapon vest. Oh, my
1: weapon And the, the best part, because it's improv, <laughs> is like they'll say one thing and it just makes you go well what else um that's such a huge like the that's a big improv tenant is if
0: this yesterday and
1: yeah, it, yeah more okay. even bigger than yes and it's it's if this then what else and so in that scenario that they were recording i'm thinking like okay he's in this he's in this uh, room and he's they're trying to get him to do Fantasy Island, so I'm like, so my job is to present every reason why he should never, never be on be this, this show, Island, like yeah. make it as horrible as possible. So it's like, so he's gonna be, and yet s- he
0: got it anyway. Oh yeah,
1: well because he was a little he guy, threatened the guy. Yeah, yeah he's like, uh, and so <laughs> I'm like, okay, so if he's in like this sexy jumpsuit, they have like, I always think of the, yeah, the the what's her name, the Adrian Barber, Adrian Barber. I think of her and, run and exactly. The, and the, yes, the cat suit. Yeah, so I think yeah, of her yeah, yeah, unzipping yeah. with the cleavage. And I'm like, well, if she has that. Then he has 17 zippers right. that go... That, and that's why we got to the thing of, like, I goes down and... and, uh, and, uh, and I'm like, oh, yeah,
0: it, uh, it, it's... over sp- the bird and through the valley. And, <laughs> and, you ever seen a pool like that? It's unsharved. It's like a <laughs> jungle with a ke- beer can in the middle. <laughs> that's amazing.
1: I've never oh my, heard oh, that quoted back.
0: Oh, my God. Well, I, I just... I, I told you, I, I, I find myself... I need my Herve fix and I will uh, go back and I have a little playlist on my iPod oh good. on my, or on my, my Google music. And I will, I have all the super egos with Herve, those episodes with Herve lined up and I will listen to those straight through. Cause it's, it's just, Oh my God. It just, and the, every once in a while in life, I will say, Oh shit. I think I hit a copy coming in the back of the fucking head. <laughs> That's awesome. All the all the men, go away. All the girls, show me your chest it's a private. <laughs> That's And I'm sorry to do your impression. No no you know, Oh my god. It's, it's just it, it fills me with such bubbling glee. You have no idea. Well that
1: that kind of like that headspace that you get into to do a character like that, you're like, Oh, it's just it. Oh, I yeah. just like what are the, what's the yeah. most horrible thing you can say? <laughs> and then superego has a really great thing. Where like there's no language no uh verboten or anything, but Gorley told me early on, he's like if he's like when you're in the zone and you're just going through stuff, he's like th- think about rather than just saying shit or whatever it is, he's like Think like, just take a half beat and figure out another, other words to say the exact, exact same, same thing. thing.
0: That's just as filthy, but maybe not an actual filthy word, but exactly. a way to, to be surprised. Exactly. It's the so perfect, the, yes.
1: Cause like, yeah, in your head you're thinking, okay, breast, but what's another, but you're, it's while you're saying the sentence. So you have no it's time. It's coming out of your mouth. Yeah, right, she was right, kind right. of a chesty surprise. And sometimes they work. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes yeah. they don't. But thank God they edit it and, and they took the words And ones how work.
0: brilliant to, to come up. Because because American culture, because in America, we're surrounded by id-driven, yeah. just, just me, me, me. I've got mine. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. Just people who are just like so about... My experience matters so much more than yours does, even though we're sharing this space. I'm gonna talk on my phone in the movie theater. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fart in line at at Starbucks. (laughs) I'm gonna, whatever. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be me like I am at home out in public and screw you if you don't like it. Yeah, I'm always in my living room. Yes, I'm always in my living room. And especially at the movies. I have taken to saying, turn off your phone at the top of my voice in a movie theater. Does it work? Oh yeah. Uh-huh. And I've gotten applause. I've gotten yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, I'm, I'm unafraid to tell people to 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 bring people down to that level of hey, we're all here. Yeah. We all have to share this space. Mm. We all have to be cool about it. Yeah, stop being dicks. Well, because
1: the movie like that's what going to the movies is. It's it's
0: yeah. you're not by yourself. You're not in your living room.
1: The the point is you're watching it with a community. Mm-hmm. Even and even though they're all strangers, but like. For your favorite comedy, it's so much more fun when you hear everybody
0: laugh. Right, 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 right. And right. like, I and, va- me- and it's validating for you too. Yeah, yeah. I
1: me- we went to go see my wife and I when we were first dating. We went to go see Forty Year Old Virgin, hmm. and I'm a big nerd and I have a lot of toys. Yeah, yeah And yeah, so yeah. there's that scene where he brings his friends home, and one of them it's says, all figures "Yeah, and they say." Is that the Bionic Man's boss or whatever? Oscar Gold. Yeah, yeah, and so she, my wife starts laughing because it's funny, but also out of the recognition of, oh my god, I'm holding hands with this idiot. And she's, so she's laughing. And it goes into the next scene, and she's still right. laughing. And so then, of course, I'm starting to crack up because of just, like, the ridiculousness of, like, oh, my God. This woman must really love she me. She must really
0: like me. She must really, I must be doing something right because yeah. I am that guy, and, and she's still with me. And she's <laughs>
1: cracking up, yeah. kind of just like, looking to her side, trying to catch me out of the corner of her eye. And I'm like, yeah, that's right.
0: That's right. That is that's Oscar Goldman.
1: Yeah. Oh, I had that guy with the exploding briefcase. Yes, yes. Oh. Oh,
0: oh, I love the bionic man! You press the button in back, and we lift the car engine.
1: I, that roll-up skin, roll up
0: skin with the bionic plates you could take out. Ice. That was so awesome.
1: I guess it's because that rubber, like. Disintegrates, but yeah, yeah, why yeah, wouldn't yeah. you always have that on every toy ever? Yeah, oh, and, and his that, skin rolls that, up. That, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just
0: cool. Yeah, and then they they had the lab, the bionics lab. Oh, I never had a, that as a playset. Okay, and it had the and you could swap out the bionic it had additional bionic really? plates that you could put in the leg in the arm. Oh, I know yeah. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, the Bigfoot character, yeah, yeah. the Bigfoot figure, my, my neighbor has had had the fur that would roll up and bionic parts inside there too. Got, and there was a Jamie Summers that had the same thing as well. I had mask. Oh, that cool. guy. Did you ever? Yeah, see yeah. That the, it was the Oscar. He had several faces. He yeah. could put on him, and then he also that had a, a claw hand yes. and a suction cup yeah, hand. Yeah, my friend had that at the street. Oh my god! You just you just opened up that door mm. in my brain. I, yeah. I, oh my god. The, the coolest. Oh my god, Mascotron.
1: He had buttons to create the the effect of like his arm getting blown up, so yeah, like you could have yeah. Bionic Man punch him, and his arm would yeah.
0: go flying up because he was ripping off his arm and stuff. And oh, oh my god. Then the Fembots and all that. Mm-hmm. There were a couple. Th- I think there was a Fembot figure too for the Jamie Summers I think line. Thank you. Right. But uh, oh my God! No, yeah, I totally forgotten about Maskatron. That's great.
1: Oh yeah, and that's he, great. There was a version of that character. I think in the show, he was like the billion dollar man or something. But it never kind of got to what mm-hmm. Maskatron was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I remember that, like, as a villain, I'm like, oh my God, the robot that can be anybody, yeah. and then he's got monster
0: parts yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> And and kind of fifties creepy Pincher monster mm-hmm. parts too, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely
1: like sci fi, yeah. like no guns.
0: No. But a grab hand. Yes, yes.
1: And a suction cup uh, hand.
0: Very Doctor Who Dalek a suction cup, you oh know. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> I've, I got a set of those. You got a wire whisk that shoots laser beams and, <laughs> <laughs> and a toilet plunger. <laughs> I got a set of the, you know, was it Matt Smith when they kind of rebooted the dogs and made them color like yeah, the. Yeah. You not like those? Like I got a full set of those because I just loved the. Because to me, it I do
0: have a red. I have one of the red, newer red Daleks uh-huh. Christmas ornaments. Oh, okay. Like a blown glass Christmas ornament. It reminds
1: me of. Uh, isn't that how they did the Daleks in the Peter Cushing movies? Like yeah, they made yeah, they were it,
0: colored. They were different colors. Like,
1: that's kind of what, it made me kind of flashbacks, like, oh, it's right. mod Daleks.
0: Kind of, kind of. But my whole thing was that would never happen because right. the Daleks have no sense of visual. Right. They have no sense of color. Everything's black. They see everything is black and white. And everything right. is, they, they, they wouldn't need different colors to differentiate different jobs or whatever because mm, they're all just linked up to casts. a computer database right you know they, there's no reason for them to have color oh no it's literally that for me um um, and it, you know, but Rainbow Daleks, I, and some people like them, and some people don't. I didn't hate it, but it was just like there's it, to me, it just didn't make any logical sense that that would happen in the world of Daleks. Yes, no, that there is, have been colored Daleks in the past. There was a blue one, and there was a red one in the past that was like the Master Dalek or whatever this or the the Dalek Commander or right. you know, that kind of. They're thing.
1: almost always yeah, kind of like gray or brass. But that's kind of what I liked about it is like oh, for this iteration. But they almost immediately disappeared. Yeah, I feel did. like they were in that episode, yeah. and I was like excited. Like, I oh. think a lot
0: of people were like, come on. So w- with the whole superego thing, um, and then so you, you're you also Lex Luthor during the, uh, yeah. during the, uh, well, yeah, the Legion way, of Doom. And the story, way which, again, that whole nerd brain thing. You know, meanwhile, you know, you get got somebody doing Ted Knight's. Yeah. List, meanwhile, in a swamp, in a big Darth <laughs> Vader helmet <laughs> in the middle of the swamp, the Legion of Doom. <laughs> uh,
1: and so that came about because, like... After doing it a couple times, I kind of saw the dynamic of. it Literally, it's just like, well, we can try this. What do we try that? Um So then I started thinking about like, th- like the the what is it the the Brown Squadron? Mm-hmm. I remember th- <laughs> trying to think in terms of like, oh, okay, I
0: don't want to be number two anymore. You well, guys. it's
1: not funny. You're <laughs> thinking of Brown number two. <laughs> and the and who's it? James Bladen that does Obi Wan Kenobi, like. <laughs>
0: How great to have that impression in your
1: pocket. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just starting to think of, like, the G.I. Joe thing kind of came from the same place. I'm just trying
0: to think of, like, oh, okay. But that's right in the wheelhouse of that 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 TV Mm -hmm. show and just how corny it was. And it's so so great. Well, it's
1: great. It's like with the G.I. Joe one, it's just like, because it's roll call... You just get to embrace go, I'm this character, yeah. and here's why I'm an idiot. Yeah. Uh, and then Gorley starts coming in as Cobra Commander. It's really like, oh, okay, so there's the sketch. It's just the world's longest G.I. Joe roll call. Meanwhile, Cobra has walked right in and fully infiltrated.
0: I've been thinking about this lately. I have a really, I, I don't know how good it is, but I had this idea for a, a superego type sketch. Mm-hmm. You have Star Trek to Wrath of Khan. God, the best. With Tattoo. Tattoo is now there accompanying Khan. Yes. Carter does a pretty good uh, noncebun, too. Yeah, He did it. And then you got somebody doing Kirk, somebody doing Nimoy. Oh, that's so So you got everybody doing that. And then you've got Tattoo, you know, you got the whole... Regular interplay of of Kirk versus Khan, but then you got Tattoo doing his thing, fucking everything, fucking up. fucking it up for months. A <laughs> yeah, lot. yeah. Like, That's, That's how it. you going to say that. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, Tattoo, what do you? Oh, not not Tattoo. I'm busy trying to thwart the Enterprise. You yeah. know? <laughs> uh, years ago, <laughs> Get the bag my I did mom. a web
1: series thing called uh, called Time Belt, and Jeremy was mm-hmm. in one episode. The, the premise of the episode was like a time travel show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this one episode. It was Hitler was the bad guy, but we wanted to make it silly and fun. So it's like Hitler has laser eyes. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like yeah. fun
0: Hitler. Like yeah, yeah, like 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 robotic stooges Hitler. Exactly. And so I got Jeremy um, to agree to be Hitler. Oh, Dino you you created so many so, so many other things,
1: uh, And I just remember saying to him like, "You're you're con. Like yeah. don't worry about German. Just." play it as Khan. And so he has this real sort of like <laughs> sexy quality. Oh, and it yes. makes, it, it makes, Michael yeah, <laughs> it makes then having Hitler in the thing palatable because he's not doing, he looks like he got his hair and the right. mustache sure, sure, and, sure. and he built himself a very authentic looking costume, but he has a cape <laughs> and a sword.
0: Does he have a mechanical hand? No, he doesn't have a hand. <laughs>
1: but he plays it like this.
0: I'm mm-hmm. Edolf Hitler. <laughs> and
1: you watch it and you go, I want to see this guy yes, again. Yes. Yes. Oh yeah. No. Yes. Car- Carter has yeah con in his pocket. Oh, it would be great.
0: I uh, I got to see um, Carter and Gourley and all the guys do Sean McGuffin at, at Nerd Melt. Oh yeah, you went to oh, that? Oh my god, it was so good because mm-hmm. they had they had um Jeff Davis. Yep. And they uh, was Bladen there? No. Okay. Wait. No. No. It was McConville, Carter, Gourley. Gourley came up later wearing uh-huh. powder blue bell bottoms oh yeah of course oh yeah of course just in his closet so great <laughs> um and then they had um oh i always forget her name kristen bangs yes yeah i saw her there i remember was, the, was the picture the, yeah it was so good i took a bunch of pictures and put them up on their site oh i probably saw your pictures uh, yeah <gasps> um was right in the front row just like i mean i was in the front row at at, at uh oh, yeah. Podfest yeah 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 watching you guys do this thing i took these big like wide shots of it's, you guys, I
1: like that they do that live show because it's really because you're getting. I mean,
0: have you done any of the like sketch fest shows that they've done or any of those? No, uh, the, like UCB. shows? I did.
1: Well, I think I did one at UCB, maybe two. I did. I did one. I remember for sure because um, that's when I met Ben Acker because mm-hmm, he was mm-hmm. backstage just hanging out, mm-hmm. and that's kind of how I then started getting into thrilling adventures. Sure, stuff. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but yeah, like that's. Them having like the computer and the pedals and stuff like that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but those live shows, it's interesting. It's a there's pressure, but not horrible pressure. Yeah. But it is a different well, kind of thing. Well, the great thing
0: about Super Ego is the whole. It's the whole improv theater thing where anything can happen. Yes, if it messes up. That's funny too, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to. Stick to this rigid right. thing, and you guys are still improving. And Absolutely. it was really great to see how you guys were working, especially during the uh, during the televangelist thing. Oh yeah, you guys were coming in, and and uh, it made me so happy that you did you did uh, Hervey oh. at the thing. I think, I right before I did it.
1: that because yeah. I was next in line. I was like, I don't know if I and I, so I turned to Gordon saying, like, "Is it bad if I bring him
0: in?" I, I saw you yeah. like, whispering. It's like I'm going to and he was okay,
1: okay, okay. oh, like, "Yeah, yeah, oh okay. yeah," because I wasn't <laughs> sure because I was like. just again kind of like from an improv point of view I'm like this is Jeremy's thing I don't want to derail it no so do I by bringing in another character does that screw it up or is really are we just trying to feed that 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 wheel that right Um. but I feel like that's how you find sometimes awesome gags you never knew were there Um. but yeah Yeah, like with the live shows you are very aware of like you kind of want every sketch to hit (laughs) as hard (laughs) as it can (laughs) but that's Contrary to improv, like a live improv show, even the best live improv show you're ever going to see, there is going to be at least one or two crap moments. Sure. Because that's what, not intentionally, that's just how it goes. That's just how it goes. But that's what, yeah, but that's what reminds the audience, oh, that's right, they're on a tightrope. Right. Oh, that's right. They're making it up. Mm -hmm. So every Mm -hmm. time it's not scripted. Yeah. So when it goes south, it shocks everybody and it makes us go, oh, my God, that was not good. How are they going to get out of it? And so then when somebody finally figures out a new gag or a character or whatever it is, that's why you get that big laugh. Sure, sure, sure. Because we've been like, oh, I think this show sucks.
0: <laughs> I don't think it's. G-
1: oh my god! How yeah. did they do that? Yeah, yeah, oh, I feel bad. It's at that
0: home. whole uh, pinning yourself into a corner, writing yourself into a corner, like Breaking Bad, and then yeah. coming out and like, oh my
2: god! Oh it's just yeah, that much
0: more triumphant. I was, I would I did improv theater when I first. Oh great! Back in... I was at L.A. Connection. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Sure. Kent, Kent Scove's theater on, uh, on, on on Ventura, uh, on right? Ventura, yeah. And I did that for a few years and enjoyed it and thought about going to groundlings mm-hmm. to get a little more serious about it um the, my experience there was i kept kind of moving up in the levels right uh, based on merit right. and then a, somebody up ahead would leave a couple other people up ahead would leave and so they would just throw other people up with me anyway so i felt i felt like like my merits were always kind of like under undercut by just right. numbers so it was one of the things that was kind of frustrating for me
1: yeah it's a hard i mean Improv, I started doing improv right at the same time as I just started acting. Mm -hmm. So for me, they're very tied to each other. I feel like the, I'll always be a better actor because of my improv. Mm -hmm. Even if I'm doing something that's totally scripted, improv gave me confidence. Mm -hmm. And because I was a very shy kid. I was very introverted and wanted to talk to people, wanted to, you know, goof around with my friends. But I was, I don't know what, I was just scared that people were gonna laugh at me. And I
0: was always that kid you could not get to shut up. (laughs) (laughs) And I still have that problem. That's right. But improv
1: is great for like, it, you know, it teaches you like, like just in this conversation, we're playing catch. You're throwing things out and I'm doing back and forth with you. And so it teaches. No, we're not. (laughs) No, grandpa, you're insane. Go back to the home. (laughs) Uh, it's it it, keeps, it makes you a better actor. I feel like, in, especially in life, it makes you a better listener. Oh, yeah. It makes you just kind of give you this understated confidence that, oh, no matter what happens, it's going to be fine. Yeah. It's never about I'm not going to think of it. You don't have to think of it. Just be present. Yeah. Just If you're just there, you'll do fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to worry about being funny. And I feel like like, stand-up has always terrified me. Oh, yeah. Because... And see,
0: I've never had any stage fright with stand-up. That's the one thing people talk about. Oh, stage fright. And and I'm like, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not afraid. The only thing I've ever been afraid of with stand-up is my own material not being good. Right. That's always been my thing of fear. It's not the getting on stage and talking in front of me. I have no problem doing yeah. that. Yeah. Or performing, I love to perform. I've been in plays, I've done improv theater, and I've done done, done actual stage plays and stuff. Sure, and com, uh, kind of like uh, those madrigal comedy Shakespearean type oh, of yeah, stand sure. up plays. I did some <clears> stuff with the um for the uh, uh benefiting the uh, Santa Clarita Master Corral I would put on a big madrigal every year. Oh festival like charity event for for the
1: kind of like a comedia kind of a thing. Just sort of no, you're talking about more just of a.
0: In period, right? Like a period Got piece, it. with like a like a Shakespeare send up type thing, Got like it. a like um uh reduced Shakespeare Company sort of thing. So good, but even further reduced. We actually did one of their one of their scripted plays. Oh, fun! And further reduced it down to to ninety minutes or, or sixty minutes or whatever. Okay, uh, and then it, with that, you're playing all these different characters. But you know, I can do accents, and I can mm-hmm. do, do this and that, and so and I have you know comic type ti- 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 <laughs> time timing. <laughs> You gotta work on the pronunciation. Yeah, okay. okay. <clears throat> They're all there, Eddie. We just need to get them in the right order. <laughs> um, but uh, so it's never been the performance aspect of comedy. It's always been that faith in my own material, and I, that has slowly I've been dragging that out of mm-hmm. myself. And I, I think it has to get crushed out of you. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like
1: when I my very first improv show, I did not talk. Oh wow! I was. Petrified, wow. And it was a comedy sports show, so it was like, there were enough people that, like, me... You could blend in. Yeah, I, I, but that's what I did. I just kind of, like, I was afraid to jump in, didn't say a goddamn word, right. and afterwards felt horrible. Mm-hmm. But I feel like sometimes having those low moments is kind of what re- moves you away from them. Because right. you're like, oh this is the worst I've ever felt <laughs> I never want to come back here again right, right, right. so it kind of like forces you like oh right. right I can suck and just
0: live in that or I can finally be brave right a lot of comedians use karaoke that way too they, That because any kind of performance informs your performing uh, performing ability mm-hmm. like I know like there's comedians like Virginia Jones and uh, uh, other, other comedians that I've talked to as mm-hmm. well who who uh, do karaoke on a regular basis because any time that they can be on stage with a mic in their hand is good for them and, and how they are I able to that. perform. So.
1: Yeah, karaoke intimidates me the same way. Right, right, it's right. that thing of just like... Because uh, I'm not a great I feel like if I
0: felt like I was a better singer, I wouldn't worry the about karaoke it. Karaoke isn't about being a good singer. See, but I it's have all this a, weird thing right, that right, I think right, it right, is. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the whole thing with my com- comedian, you know, my, my comedy material. Mm-hmm. It's that hump of having to get over that. But the whole thing about... I see karaoke as basically like a, an improv performance right. set to music. Right. And it's all about just putting on a show. It mm-hmm. has far less to do with your ability to sing. Because I've heard people that sing like utter dog shit. Right. Get out there and knock it out of the park because they're totally
2: you know, right. selling
0: it and performing. So that all then comes down to your ability to pick the right song. Right. And I feel like I, right. I Haven't found my song yet. The real, the bravest of the bravest of us, uh, the place that I go to semi-regularly. That I've been going to for years. Mm-hmm. They do what they call a crapshoot, where they pick a song oh, for you. That's kind of better for me, yeah. Because yeah, then yeah. I'm like,
1: we all know they just gave me, uh, exactly. they just gave exactly. me a queen, and a lot of times people, a queen people, song. people
0: sometimes the, the the people will be jerks and give something a song that they know this person hates, oh. and they'll have to run with it anyway, oh. and, and that happens.
1: I've been to karaoke nights where it's see, kind of a
0: friendly f you oh, yeah. deal with this,
1: you know. People bring like their own CDs, and every time I see them hand the guy the thing, oh, I'm like. Here we go. I don't... Here we go. I guess. But, like, I saw two guys one time do I Shot the Sheriff, and one guy kind of did, like... One guy was singing the song, and the other guy was kind of on the other mic going, One to the bullet and one to... Like, they had clearly an act. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember thinking... This is the greatest show I've ever yeah, seen because yeah, yeah. it's just two dudes
0: yeah. who work
1: this up in a living room.
0: My whole thing when I'm doing karaoke is to 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 do an imitation of the original artist. that's yeah. what I do. That's, that's where that's I would just go. That's what I do. And 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 I sing like Morrissey. I sing like Robert Smith. I sing like David Bowie. And I oh, sing, you know, good. you know, and that's just kind of what I do. It's <clears throat> fun. Yeah, it is fun. It's yeah, I fun. I feel like. It's me, 17-year-old, screaming, you know, singing, last night I dreamt somebody loved me, in the top of my lungs, <laughs> under, underneath my mom's bedroom, as a, you know, to my mom, but... <laughs> that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Oh, yeah. I feel like that,
1: I'll try and remember that the next time I do it, because i like, that is the right headset. Exactly. Or mindset. That's,
0: headset, where, yeah. that's where you want to be. Yeah. Hey, if you ever want to do karaoke, Monday nights at the complex in Glendale.
1: Where is the, where is the complex? It's on
0: Colorado Avenue. Okay. And you go,
1: do you go every week?
0: No. I haven't, I don't usually go because uh-huh. I, have, I have a hellish commute right now. But once I start right. working from home, I'm going to be working from home at some point uh, with my new gig. So That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no more commute from Santa Clarita to Santa Monica.
1: Oh, that's the opposite end of the
0: city. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Sometimes your- it's two hours. Yeah, but I'm making good money and it's that's working good. out okay. So, used... then eventually it's going to we work from home. But once I do that, I'm probably going to start going. I'm Probably going to get back into doing open mics again on Wednesdays and do, or other nights and doing karaoke on Mondays and stuff. Yeah. But, but they have a really great book there that has stuff that just is nowhere else in the world. It's I would
1: really like. Great. I would like pick like Christmas songs. Like oh. That's what I would want. I was hear. just
0: going to ask you about Christmas songs. Are you, are you you did Christmas. I did, love it. Uh, it's it's after one. Do you have a hard out at all? Or uh,
1: you, I got like maybe. Can we do like five more minutes or something? You guys. So
0: Christmas songs. Okay. I've been actually been so excited about Christmas year Because we bought a condo in, in March, so last Christmas was a bit thin. Sure. This year, we're kind of going a little overboard. Yeah. Really getting into it. I've been listening to Rockin' the Christmas, and I love... Old, nostalgic, old, old, old oh, yeah. Christmas stuff my parents listen to. Me too. Billy Holiday, Nat King Cole, Johnny Mathis, Frank, Frank and Bing. I love all that I just, old stuff. Yeah, I just bought the Bing Crosby Christmas yeah, album. Yeah, mixed with all the yeah. crazy stuff from the 70s. Tom Waits singing yes, Silent Night. Yes, you have that one? Yes, yes, yes. I love that. I've got uh, uh, um, uh, uh, Christopher Lee's heavy metal Christmas album.
1: Ooh, how is
0: that? It's great. Okay. It's, it's so great. It's like... <laughs> he's like... It's fantastic. I love her. Christopher Lee, oh, he was amazing. Yeah. He was amazing. I just started getting into hammer stuff. Ooh, oh, I love hammer movies. I just I, That was way in my wheelhouse as a kid.
1: That, I wasn't a monster kid so much, and now as an adult,
0: I'm kind of going back. I and, like the vampire movies more than the monster movies. Seen, I love the Toho Japanese big monster. You know, right. You know, yeah. But I like, uh, I like Horror, vampire, you know, horror movies from the 70s, 60s and 70s. Mm. Those rich sets and, you know. Well, the blood, like, oh, it's not even so, blood. It's orange. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's orange blood, yeah. Yeah,
1: it's like, it's like paint from like yeah. elementary school. Yeah, yeah, it's poster paint, yeah. Yeah, yeah you like that? <laughs> uh, Christopher Lee, uh, God, what did I just, somebody told me that during Lord of the Rings, mm, yeah. there are a lot of interviews with him that he would reread it. Every year is that right mm-hmm.
0: yeah hes he read Tolkien obsessively' it right. was his favorite work of all time okay there was a there was a real a real quick anecdote that's been told a million times, but um there's a scene where uh Jackson is directing right. uh Christopher Lee and he says he says uh i says uh, sir so Lee, uh uh you try to imagine this scene where, where you're trying to imagine this this character uh you know like you hear the sound of him being stabbed in the back of the, in the back of the neck and he's like my dear my dear Mr. Jackson, I don't have to imagine what that sounds like. And they did the scene and it was like Whoa!
2: Christopher
0: Lee was a badass. He was Secret Services, World War II, Spy Guy Really did stuff that he was never able to talk about. And he goes there's another uh movie set anecdote, some actor don't remember who asked him, So, Mr. Lee, I heard you did some really crazy like secret stuff in the in World War Two, and he says yes that's right and he goes so, so tell me about what what kind of stuff did you do he goes can you keep a secret and he goes yeah and he goes so can I
2: <laughs> wow yeah.
0: he, did, he was I also, didn't know that at he was all. in some special commando unit and did some crazy dark ops stuff wow. in World War Two. wow yeah so you know, and, and did watch multiple again. tours of duty oh he went for, back for Britain oh yeah really multiple tours of duty
1: was he in Germany?
0: We don't know. We don't, we know. don't know what he we did. We don't know where he went or what he did, but he did. He was in some crazy crack commando squadron stuff. Wow. You know, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I know what I'm doing. This makes him more of an interesting character, but. Uh, oh, I oh, love Christmas I love Christmas stuff. I love. And 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 I'm not a I'm not a religious person, but I'm okay with hearing Christmas carols yeah. and and all that stuff. But I also like the kind of infusion of like Hanukkah stuff as well sure. and other traditions. And I also I have a lot of friends who are pagan, and, and there's a lot of recording artists who've done a lot of like old pagan mm-hmm. hymns, if you will. It was Krampus knocked last night, I wasn't love it? Love Krampus knocked. I can't wait to see Krampus. I can't wait I to hope see it's that. Good. Me Kramp- too. I
1: didn't know about the, uh, Krampus
0: until deep into my adulthood I didn't I first heard about the Krampus-ish when I was younger but I didn't really get a sense of it or really it hadn't really penetrated my mm-hmm. psyche if you will until the um the first uh, uh, Venture Brothers Christmas episode. oh yeah yeah with the Krampus yeah.
1: oh as soon as I found out about that I loved it because it, it reminded me in a weird way of like did you ever see Halloween Three: Season of the Witch? That speech he gives, just yeah. in terms of like the paganism and, right. and, and the waddles of clay. Yeah, There's yeah, something yeah. about that where it's like, oh, that's right. Like all these things
0: are just old, old, old traditions, old. and of and course, everything we do now is all cumulative mm-hmm. of old, old, old traditions.
1: Yeah, it makes sense. And I think like, oh, of course, if to compare, like if, if Santa is our Superman. Of course, there would be this Lex yeah, Luthor. Yeah, there, there yeah, of yeah, course, yeah. there should be a dark side. There's God to and the it. devil.
0: There's, yeah. there's Luke and Darth Vader. There's, I mean, there's always light and yeah. dark in every tradition. But yeah. specifically
1: tied to Christmas, which yeah, I've yeah. always thought is like just pure
0: like happiness, Happy, and love, joy. And, joy, and kids and toys and candy and and, and Jesus and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. So to have but this sort of like Ger- leave it to the Germans, <laughs> okay. leave it to the Germans. But apparently, in in all the different Norwegian countries and and Scandinavian countries, and and, and, and there's only one Norwegian country idiot but um in <laughs> all the Scandinavian countries the, the Eastern European all these European traditions there's all these different different Christmas figures and demons and good guys bad guys and crazy stuff and this right. and that. there's a lot more to it than than we the, oh the the fact that it exists and that it's rich yeah it goes back hundreds and hundreds of years
1: for me one of my favorite things this time of year is to go onto Google and just type in Krampus and then do the image thing and just to see all the different versions that people have
0: okay we're gonna say bye bye we're almost done (laughs) Uh, somebody's bored it's bored. it's
1: okay Uh, it's uh, the, and uh, like the different interpretations but still sort of the universal thing of like the horns, the horns and the club
0: feed and the yeah and, yeah but still yeah, kind yeah. of a man like monster goaty man thing yeah. yeah yeah so um okay so what's out that you're rec- you want to recommend to people something you're consuming that you've consumed in any form of media, or whatever. A great anything. question. What am I doing? right We now? already talked about Jessica Jones. I we just finished about- Jessica Jones,
1: probably because it's the holiday time now. I'll probably spend most of the time like. With them. Rankin Bass. And- all the Rankin. Oh. I found. I think this not Warner
0: a couple- Brothers archive. Like, I got those DVDs. There's a couple collections. I was just at Costco looking at all, this, all the Rankin Bass collections and stuff, That's the cartoons and great. the live action. Uh,
1: yeah, I like. Uh, What's your favorite Rankin Bass? Uh, it's a tie between Rudolph and Mad Monster Party.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mad Monster Party, I didn't know existed until I lived moved to LA and you know like AMC would yeah, just yeah, do yeah, yeah. so I remember coming home from a show one night, so it's like one in the morning and just turning on T V and seeing that stop motion yeah, monsters yeah, yeah. and being like what is this? <sighs> oh, my God. How have I never yeah. heard of this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I bought the VHS, and now that it's on DVD, I have the yeah. So I've shown it to them. They really love it.
0: My favorite is uh, You're Without a Santa Claus. Heat, oh, yeah. Uh, Heat Miser, Snow Miser, it's all about those two, and I just love. And then Mickey Rooney as Santa mm-hmm. Claus, and Rosemary Clooney as as, uh, Mrs. as Claus. Mrs. Claus. Oh, it's so I, great. You know,
1: there's toys for that, too. Yeah, yeah.
0: I've got bobbleheads. Oh, do you? I've got Heat Miser, Snow Miser bobbleheads on my, on my mantle. I
1: just got the sets. It's sort of, I don't know if it was. Playing man, no, was it NECA? But it was a, a toy company, but they're in scale with those yeah, original yeah, Rudolph yeah, figures. Yeah yeah, 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 And yeah, so to have great. the heat miser oh, and the
0: uh, cold miser. Oh. Hey, Paul Freeze doing heat. They call me heat miser, whatever I touch. I love Paul Freeze. So great. So great. I love just, all of that who was he just on oh he he was on a I was just listening to the Dana Gould podcast oh yeah 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 and he talked about him the new one was so good the one that they talk about um, the Halloween
1: one you're talking about the Halloween
0: one was good the one that just came out this week was was really good really good such a great show they had the discussion with that like political professor guy yeah wasn't that fascinating so great so great I just emailed uh, on on the Dana Cool website. I emailed Dana Cool and said, "Hey, I have a podcast. Do mm-hmm. You want to come on? I've had great proofs so and no, 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 right, right, right. So I would love to pick his brain because, like I said, I've been a big fan
1: of his for a long mm-hmm. time. Well, and and he, there's a, somebody who like has like like for him, uh, his Christmas is Halloween. Yes, yeah, me uh, too, me too. Uh, have you been to Creature Features? I haven't. Oh, it's in Burbank. It's uh-huh. a, it's a store, mm-hmm. but it has a museum like quality oh, to it. Nice. Everything's in glass display oh, cool. cases and in the back You I have been there. That it's on Magnolia. Huge. Yes, I
0: have been there. I have been. And the back they not have for years.
1: vintage Halloween decorations and vintage Christmas nice. decorations.
0: Stuff that you'd see in Rob Zombie's house oh. <laughs> or Dana Gould's house. It's so good. Along I mean, with all the old Planet of the Apes stuff. That's we I just saw on eBay found one
1: of those like uh injected plastic santas, you know uh-huh. the and I got that for our house, and I said to my wife, "Oh, let's put it on the lawn." She's like, "No, somebody's going to steal that thing." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's basically on display <laughs> in, in our window. Room. Yeah. Well, not even in the oh, window; yeah. it's just in our in living room. room. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, one yeah. of the main light yeah. sources. Cool. Oh, uh, yeah, That's go to, great. Go to Creature Features. Okay.
0: All right. Cool. You'll cool. love it. Cool. Um, so, uh, where can people find you online?
1: Uh, I am Mr. Chris Tallman, both on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, what else is going? On? What do I have to plug? Uh, I'm on Thundermans yes. on Nickelodeon. I'm Mr. Thunderman. Yes, you are. Uh, and it's super fun. I wish we could do this show forever. It's I love because it it's something.
0: Season three now, right?
1: Yeah, we're in, we're we're deep into season three. Cool. Um, it's, of all the things I've done, as opposed to like Hervey, it's one thing <laughs> that like my kids can actually right, watch. Right, right, right. Which is
0: yeah, a they, blessing. You can't play in the super Ego stuff. Not really. Not really no. no, no.
1: Reno nine one one. I can't. really. I, I
0: Kids should be watching this. No, now listen to I love Don DeMillo so much. hey oh, you want to give me a little hate of this?
1: Daly's like great. Alcohol. Yeah. You should talk to Daly. I would love to talk to Daly. He's. Uh, you want to put in a word for me with any of your I any buddies?
0: Send them my way because I love talking comedy. So. Oh
1: well, yeah. Daly's. I mean, all the superhero guys. Paul. Um, all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well,
0: I ran into them and talked to them. I know Goorley's been moving, and yes. so he's put off podcasts and stuff till after the Has first. Has He officially
1: year. moved yet?
0: I think so. I don't know. I haven't I really know. heard much from them. They haven't done an episode for a while, and right. they haven't been doing James Bonding because they wrapped up with Spectre. So, that, oh, did they that, do a Spectre that, episode? That podcast is over. Yeah. Oh, I didn't
1: know they did Specter already. Yeah. I, I think they were doing
0: one more Specter related episode after they'd seen it twice, I think. <laughs> I know I know uh I know uh uh Myra's seen Specter at least twice now. And
1: now he's doing the thing with Kevin Smith.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Fraser show. Yes, they're doing the Fraser show, scrambled eggs and whatever it's called, yeah. Uh, who
1: kn- I whoever thought that
0: that's where we, this would all steer us to is like, <laughs> yeah. and now it's like, TV, yeah, yeah I I'm, need to figure out a TV show that no one else has done a podcast for and do that and start getting people in to talk about it. Oh, it's so, well you Instead, can, said I talk about everything. Yeah. <laughs> but You could do, you could sub do a Doctor Who one. There's a lot of Doctor Who podcasts. Oh, there are? Yeah, yeah, yeah So yeah. that's the trick is there's, finding the yeah, thing. Yeah, finding the thing that nobody else has done a show for.
1: Maybe uh, like like uh, Thunderbirds. <laughs> yeah, Jerry Anderson.
0: Do Jerry Anderson. I think Anderson. there's actually a Jerry
1: Anderson podcast too. Is there really? Yeah. Uh, I got a Thunderbird uh, 2 toy. Oh, awesome. It's so good. Because you know there's a new one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I got... The, not the
0: live action one. They're going to do a puppet one, aren't they?
1: It's, well, it's... Is it I think it's C G. Oh wow but it's done to look With, like, like the, the puppets. puppets. Are they
0: gonna put the strings in too? Oh, oh, god, that would be awesome if they did. Uh,
1: but all the ships, like so yeah. that it's it's like a
0: foot-long Thunderbird yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. <sighs> so, so great. Awesome. So great. Cool. Um thanks, Chris. This has been awesome. My it's pleasure. So great. It's a great show. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I'm uh, I'm at St. Michael on Twitter. That's S-A-Y-N-T-M-Y-K-L. I'm underscore St. Michael on Instagram. You can find us online at something2xp.net. Subscribe and review us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook and Google+. Check out our blog, listen to past episodes on something2xp.net, email us at something2xp at gmail.com. And remember, please be kind. Say goodbye, Herve.
2: fuck off! You just listened to the Something Something Experience podcast with your hosts, Michael John Simpson and Kitty Brown. Something 2XP was conceived and produced by Michael John Simpson. Intro music, Ways to Change Faces, and outro music, Scorpio 37, was written, produced, and provided by the talented Sebastian Ciceri. Please visit our website at something2xp.net. You can find us online everywhere as Something 2XP. Please subscribe and review us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Please follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook and Google+. Please help support our podcast and get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com something2xp. Email us at something2xp at gmail.com. We invite your feedback. Please be kind.